I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. We're live on, what? That's all the energy you got this morning? Wow. I said, were you ready? I guess you lied. (laughs) It is a it's a feedback show you can find us everywhere you find podcasts this episode is about all the stuff that y'all had to say about the stuff that we had to say throughout the week so that means your comments your votes in the polls your voicemails your emails all that stuff we're gonna go through it and we're gonna let you know how we felt uh just show note i forgot to do do it for the ground it happens occasionally uh but we'll get we'll try to get at it next week yes um the official weapon of the show is Phone Jim. The unofficial ah, sport. Bullet ball. And bullet ball. Extreme, extreme, extreme. <laughs> A two-day streak. Let's go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, of course, the people that, you know, we want to first and foremost give respect to, you know, and give they love is the people that just gave us money out of the goodness of their heart because they were just like i like what y'all doing mm-hmm. and y'all doing a good job over there oh. and all they get for this is a shout out. Right, new Fetty, new, I don't know, something, uh, Douglas, something around with Fetty, Douglas R, recurring donator, Ricky A, pretty Ricky, what they call him, Johanna M, Laura F, Chris from Hawaii, appreciate you, aloha, uh, Tabitha M, Al April G, Corey Duticula, Alexis H, Wanga from Down Under, uh, good day, mate, Marlon B, yes, Marlon B, Tanya S, Latricia C, and Dot Street J. Those are the people that came through with the money that jingles and the money that folds. It all, it all counts. Thank you so much. All right. We also had some people mm-hmm. that left us five star reviews. Yay! I think we got one new one. Uh, for sure and one that we probably already read but i'm just read again because i'll get a little paranoid all right (laughs) the only thing i listen to i don't know why these other podcasts even bother says survey says right what is the the nerve of these podcasts (laughs) the nerve they know we out here existing they just gonna keep putting out episodes like you believe it like we not out here like we not doing our thing (laughs) we said it all guys we've had a lot of episodes there's nothing left for y'all to say Mm -hmm. i don't know what the i don't know when y'all gonna get the point but i mean how many thousand episodes do we need to do before y'all be like i think that point of view is already discussed i don't know guess we need to reach five i don't know uh <laughs> lastly jazzy bombastic i love that name says wow the cover art alone is so dope fried chicken coming home to roost almost took me out five stars thank you thank you we appreciate you and uh everybody that leaves the five star review you mm-hmm. want to make our day it's a simple way to do it. Just go leave us a five-star review. It it's is. that easy. Yes. Um, all right. Let's get into the episodes on our website. All right. Episode 2838, 
Dorothea's and Black Karens love us. We're good in those demographics. I don't think we need to do a poll. Nope. We got it. Mm-mm. Uh, we did get some comments. Apia says, I started doing yoga a year ago. I only went to the studio to learn some positions to do them at home once or twice a week. I ended up liking it so much as I never liked a workout in my life ever before. It was one of the great surprises in my life. Now I'm going three to four times a week to the studio and do yoga at home on the other days of the week for 30 minutes. I'm also extremely surprised by the results. My body is like great for me. So it can happen that you find something you really love after 40 that works. This comment was meant to motivate people 90% and the bragging was only 10%. Hey, look, man, I, like I said, I've never been threatening my people bra- bragging about what they're able to do and mm-hmm. stuff. And I think, cause I think also it's very hard work, yes. you know? And also I don't think I, there's a correlation. Obviously we live in a society that's so concentrated on people's bodies and people can be so mean and nasty and ugly, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean the opposite to be true. So that if somebody is proud of their body and they're doing stuff or whatever that the, you know, that the bragging is should offend me. I, I think it's dope when I play basketball so much, I was very proud of what I didn't give a fuck what people thought I looked like. I was proud of what I could do to somebody on that basketball court. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I, honestly, it was to my advantage. I was like, oh, cool. You don't think I can play basketball? Cause you just looked at me and said, nah, I don't think he has the body to do this. And then it was like, oops, wrong bitch. So I think, um, you know, I don't, I just never took it personal, you know? Yeah. I don't take things like that personally either as somebody, I've been to a yoga class in a while, but as somebody who used to go to yoga regularly, uh, your teachers can be of all sizes. Most of the time in yoga classes, your teachers aren't aren't big, aren't like larger people. But I've been to yoga classes where the teacher was like a larger person, and uh, it didn't bother me. But for some people, they would come in and they'd be like, "Where the teacher at?" And then that person would walk up there, and they would be almost like you could tell like the shock and amaze on mm-hmm. their faces, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've been." The bending of your body and your bone structure has nothing to do with your weight. I think a lot of people associate if you're able to do yoga, you must be of a skinny, skinny size. That's not true. There are heavy people that can twist themselves in a pretzel and make you and not trying to find it, and make you skinny holes look crazy. So it has nothing to do with that. It's about flexibility, like like how your body is able to just naturally move. And it's one of those things where it never bothered me because a lot of times uh, whenever uh, larger people did the class, a lot of times the workout was actually harder. Not trying to be funny, like the way they did their instructions. and the, I mean, they would go through the normal things, but you end up getting, not trying to be funny, a better workout. And it's almost like, not all the time, but I've realized that some, some of the times they actually care more about the students because like I've been to several of them than other teachers because there's just a certain vibe that your yoga teacher needs to have from in my opinion and so a lot of times you know because of maybe some of the things they went through they just actually actually uh, a lot of them care a little bit more Abby says about my relationship every other guy I've ever dated annoyed me so much more than my husband ever did and I never met anyone else who I thought would be a better fit overall and love the love is there so dealing with a strong introvert seems to be something that is a learning for me in this life. So I don't even think that the grass is greener somewhere else. It's just dry in another spot and very probably way less green overall. Yeah, I feel you on that. I wasn't saying that you would think it was greener. I was talking about in general how people right. um, will be like, okay, these are the shortcomings or the things that I have to adjust to with my mate. And, you know, in your mind, it's like, okay, if, I wish they were a little more like this, or what if they were like this, things would be easier. And sometimes people are able to kind of hit that switch. But some things are kind of like default for people. Like, 
that's just their general personality Mm -hmm. and i think you know there's this idea of like oh okay yeah well uh another person would be like this with me but then there's always like you said some dry spot in their grass where it's just different you're like oh okay i actually don't want this either so uh shoe booty says the shoe booty origin story family nickname comes from all in the family show from like the 70s come on through all in the family i remember that show why did my dad decide to go with this? I don't know, man. It's not like I wore one shoe and one boot. He just thought it was funny and it stuck. Now, she did put a link to YouTube. Oh, not a link. link. She embedded YouTube in the comment um, on the website for the link to this episode. It looks like someone recorded this from ATV, not from the actual video feed. So we'll see what the audio sounds like. I grew up thinking a boy was beautiful. Uh, uh, different things. For what? What the hell? Well, tell me. Why? Why did they call you in school? Tell me what they called you. <laughs> well, I remember when I went to during the Depression there. When we didn't have no money, of course, the old man lost his job. You know, he was all busted. And uh, I wore out a shoe, one shoe. So I couldn't go to school with only one shoe, see. But my mother, she found a boot, so I had a shoe on one foot there and a boot on the other. A shoe and a boot, shoe boot. So the kids call me Shoe Booty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I used to holler, Shoe Booty, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I used to holler, Slowly fruity, here comes your boot. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept calling me that till they find out my name was Archie Ball and they thought that was funny. <laughs> and then I wish they'd go back to show booty. <laughs> All right, so that's the clip from, oh, from where the name sweet. came from. Yeah, my brother, I remember, uh, I don't know if it was my dad or uh mr charles the guy who was kind of like uh uh almost like my granddad for a while um but uh for a while they called my brother and the nickname sputnik and i i I don't know why it was i forget what it was i know sputnik was the russian um right like satellite or something Mm -hmm. or whatever but i don't know why they decided that that would be his nickname and for a while, they just called him Sputnik. And it just, it just stuck for a while. Uh, Extra Tech says, this was one of my favorite episodes. This is a complicated show at the time. I didn't know as much about my history, but in my mind, they were just poor people getting by. It showed Archie vulnerable. Yeah, it's been a long time since I watched All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like it, it was one of those shows that used to come on when I was at my grandmama's house and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I, I never glommed onto it for real, for real. Uh, I think I was just too young to really understand what was happening in the show, um, even the racism and shit. Like I wasn't yeah, it was even like breaking for its time. I wasn't even able to be. I wasn't even like I'm offended. Like I was too young to even be offended. Right. Um, I think I really started remembering TV around when like the Jeffersons came on. I remember that kind of stuff. The Jeffersons, different strokes. Um, uh, and I know Jefferson was a spinoff from Archie, but mm-hmm. uh, from All in the Family. But I just did, don't even remember him being on that damn show. And I'm sure he was killing it. I'm sure Sherman Hensley was fucking killing it. But 
damn if I remember the shit, man. I just yeah, because I, I used to go at it all the time, and I do remember watching some like racial stuff on TV. You know, I mean, Jefferson's obviously Sanford and Son, obviously, but even stuff the Heat of the Night, you know, all that stuff. I yes, watching that. I used to love the Heat in the Night, like you say, being around your grandma and old people. That's what we used to watch. Well, it's crazy. I didn't, I didn't love that show. I never loved it, but I just remember watching it, and it wasn't a bad show at all. But I just, it was, I just made me feel. Like, it wasn't really funny. It was very dramatic. They was always treating the black man bad. It was, it was like, I was like, oh, we got to watch this again. But, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's just an hour or 30 minutes or whatever. There's a ton of other shit that comes on like Grandmama House. You know, you watching uh, all the judge shows. You know, I got I got into that All stuff. the judge shows. <laughs> um, I never really got into the soap operas. Um, I did for years. It just years. wasn't my thing. I did for years chad i used to love me some general hospital i used like a lot of the soap opera shows that i grew up with as a kid have all disappeared i think general hospital general hospital may be the only one that's still alive mm-hmm. like from my generation like you know that actually uh, my mom and them generation but most of them over the years have have kind of discontinued and they call them other things now but soap operas are still around i know i just i glommed on to just the comedy stuff you know, different strokes, Webster, that kind of shit. Uh, what's happening? Um, anyway, EVE says, when I worked at a corporate job, I took every MLK day off. I requested time off, and that was the only day management would approve all the black people's day off with no questions asked. The white people were heated because their request for that day off was usually denied because there wasn't enough coverage for that day. Mm, interesting. I guess we get our justice in some ways. Right. And that's why the planes keep falling apart because diversity, equity, and inclusion. They keep letting the blacks take the day off because they feel guilty. Next thing you know, I'm flying three miles in the air and the damn, uh, the, the door falls off the plane because that's why they're catching on fire. Because <laughs> the Negroes ain't there. I, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Um, there was a plane that was on fire. Oh, no. And yeah, the video of the plane, it was on fire and um oh yeah i might i could show y'all this okay this, this is this is funny all right so it's offensive and some of y'all are gonna get mad okay i'm just gonna tell you right now some of y'all are gonna get mad it's definitely fucking with black people scale i i get it i get it but y'all know how my brain works y'all been listening to the show for years this is some of the funniest racism i've ever seen in my motherfucking life oh my god <laughs> these races are so funny so first of all, let's look at the video. Um, this is the plane, and it had, it flew off, and it landed like uh, ten minutes later. It's on fire in the air. It was on fire in the air. Oh, oh my no. god, it's on fire! Oh my god! I'm sorry. It's on fire, mom. Holy shit! I hope they're okay. I wonder if they're doing an emergency. No, it's still doing it. It's still doing it. So that that's the video, okay? Somebody filming it from the ground. Yeah, yeah. But these motherfucking replies, and, and they tell you like, this this is flight five Y O nine five, a cargo aircraft flown by middle aged white guy. Uh, what point are we trying to make here, Chuck? Maga loses so zero integrity. So I guess Chuck is a. Uh, he must be a MAGA person, which explains these replies. Because I saw these replies, it was like, "Oh my god, oh <laughs> it, my god!" Anybody could have been flying the plane. What's happening here? So here's the replies. 
One dude says, and and of course, blue check. So that blue check really means the opposite of what it used to. It means right. a loser that paid money and normally is extremely online, extremely political and troll. So this one dude said, Atlas Air is the same company where a DEI pilot. So DEI literally means not a white man. Now, like it does diversity, equity, and inclusion. Instead of saying a black pilot, a nigger, or whatever racist thing they were going to say, they just go a DEI pilot, meaning so not like a white an affirmative man. action. Yeah, yeah. A DEI pilot named Conrad Asker flew his cargo plane to the water back in 2019. And then there's a clip of Tucker Carlson saying people will die because of diversity, equity, and inclusion. <gasps> people who built the plane. This is a bunch of clowns in front of Boeing. Uh, that. Was this the pilot? That motherfucker's not real. And I'm assuming this is maybe supposed to be a trans person flying the plane. I, I don't know. Um, and this I don't one, know. Uh, white people don't make planes with seasoning. Ah, that's good. That is that's a, good. That's hilarious. And then there's a picture. Don't play with hot sauce. And then there's a picture of like a bunch of articles or whatever that show yeah, Boeing makes strides in diversity and inclusion, and there's a bunch of black and brown people and women and stuff working on planes. Um, designed by clowns, supervised by monkeys, the 737 Max story. Uh, breaking Boeing Starliner fails, mission can't reach space station, flying to the wrong orbit. I know it's That's, racist. That's some good racism. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Don't make planes with season. Yeah, was like, go out there and season your plane. Is this ah! one of those DEI, DEI flight crew? So now the whole crew defer. Anybody but white people on the crew. Shit up. Anybody but white men on the crew, and it's a DEI flight crew. Hope everyone's all right. This isn't going to end well, and it's a plane flying into the ground saying, Did, didn't you go to flight school? It says, no, but I did stay at an Equity Inn Express last night. Ooh, that's good. Not the Equity Inn Express. This is, I assume, supposed to be a trans person, and it's just they've AI something to make it look like right. the, plant, the trans person is flying you into like uh, a building or something and says, buckle up. Chad, I don't care who's flying that plane, long as I get to where I need to get to safely. Um... But then people start responding seriously. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, That's good. So, yeah. That but, good old racism. God, that racist. They that are new so, age racism. They're so racist. Yes. They're so racist. Shit don't make sense. DI strikes again. It was only a matter of time. Like, they, they just they just make shit up yes they do while in the airplane designed by diversity hires and that's the whole that's the one with the whole in the that you know from the panel that fell out and it says your carry-on bag should be a parachute and it says true question mark looking emojis and it's from red pill usa which 100 percent gotta be a maga conspiracy theory type of joint of course holy diversity batman <laughs> ah, that's good god damn that's good I was in that racism That's comments. Hilarious. I was in them comments cracking the fuck up yesterday. I, Cause I was just like, this is the most racist bullshit. And I guess DEI is the new woke. Like it's the new, mm -hmm. cause they went to woke and then I guess, you know, people they started speaking out. up. People yeah. started speaking up and being like, we know what you're doing. You're saying woke to mean the racial slurs. And then it was like, oh God. Okay. All right. DEI then. New DEI coach says racism and, is real and they act like people ain't go pick up on that shit either right oh my goodness because it just it, it just mean anybody but white men so the fuck 
Yeah. All right. Back to the comments. That's, I mean, that was good. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so on YouTube, let me see if we have Racist, no comments on this hilarious. episode. Yes. Uh, on YouTube, no comments. Um, and then we got the poll. Did you get off for MLK Day? 64% did. 25% did not. And 11% ain't got no job, man. Um, and then, uh, damn, almost same percentage. 70%, 20%, and then 10% don't got no job. So 70% got off, 21% did not, and 10% don't got no job, man. Um, happy MLK Jonathan Majors weekend was the, uh, Q&A. <laughs> Uh, Key says Karen talking about forgiveness is spot on and people's refusal to learn forgiveness is why I know they lying about restorative justice right that can't happen without forgiveness right yeah and I also think it's a failure of the restorative justice people or I shouldn't say failure I think they know it's uncomfortable to admit that that's part of it and so I think it becomes this thing where you see how dire the what we call the justice system is and how unfair it is and how fucked up it is and so you want to promise people like a pipe dream almost that is like we will replace it with the perfect thing that will always be good for everybody and we'll all agree. And one of the major hurdles to all of that is that in addition to people being punitive and part of the justice system process is about those punitive emotions that people have in general. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, there's also this part where it's like, it can only work if there's a level of forgiveness and restoration. It's restorative justice. Restoration. Allowing this person to be restored back into society. And Correct. They're trying to sell you the concept without selling you the the default the the problems in the con in the concept mm-hmm. or the moral quandaries that you have to wrestle with in the concept. Right. And uh, that's where the work comes in. You have right. to work and, at that shit. And I think you know that's you're never gonna get there as long as people feel like you're hiding one hand behind your back i think but Mm -hmm. um but yeah but there's a lot of people that they basically use the restorative justice shit when they want to but then other times they 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 drop that shit when you can't handle it you know when it's something racist when it's or whenever um, it's your thing when it's a social media post from somebody and it should be something that we go yeah, they made a social media post. They made a mistake. We should move on. Mm-hmm. When it's a celebrity. When a celebrity right. does something. When a sports figure does something. If, if we truly believe in restoration, forgiveness and shit, we should be able to move on. But it's still people mad at Will Smith two years later for a fucking smack. Like, it, yes, sir. We are not that, those people that we pretend to be. Um, and most of the time when people were, uh, are really advocating for that stuff, they're really kind of in a way advocating for themselves. So it's like, therefore, the grace of God go, I, if it's somebody I can see myself being, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm for restorative justice. But if it's somebody doing a crime I can't can relate, relate to, to, that motherfucker need to go to jail. Right. You know? And when you talk about crimes, we're talking about all crimes. We're talking about even the heinous ones. And mm-hmm. they don't want to get into the nitty gritty of murder and rape and child molestation and shit like that. They, they, them the topics you don't want to touch. But, you know, if we're going to quote unquote, not try me funny, be real with it. We got to cover all of the crimes, all of the crimes. Yeah. You would need a reforming of, uh, of like the moral compass of our country and the way we look at stuff. And I don't know that people want to do it. Right. DJ Zenway says, didn't know you had an anniversary. Happy anniversary. I can attest to the damage of yelling. Had many years of past voices echoing in my head, determining my behavior dealt with many, but still some at 62. 
Yeah, I mean, I I truly do believe that study. I I think what happens is people get a bit defensive because one, some of us grew up with that. Two, right? Some people uh, are doing that to their kids now. They don't, you know. And so, hearing that this shit could actually be damaging, the first response is to be like, "No, no, no, it can't be that damaging." No, 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 no. right? And but, but I mean, we know people that deal with issues to this day, and you're like, that shit probably started someone yelling at your ass and when you were a kid. Yeah, and also, truth be told, for a lot of people, and it's something that I had to kind of look within myself. When people get defensive and things like that, a lot of times, all jokes aside, a lot of it comes from they want to defend their parents' parenting. All jokes mm-hmm. aside, like, like if I said there's something wrong with this, I have to question how I was raised. I have to question how my parents raised me. I have to look at my parents as people that are flawed people. I can't look at them as this perfect thing anymore, you know, because that's how some people look at their parents. I know other people don't, you know, but for some people, that's how they look at their parents. And so... A lot of people put their parents up on pedestals and things like that. But it's just one of those things where if I say that there's something wrong with this, I have to question the whole foundation of of my parenting, of who I am. I have to question the flaws within myself. Like, you know, I have to really, really sit down with it. And I think because, like I said before, people view children as property and not small people. I think that sometimes uh, they have a tendency to forget that you're talking to another human being. And part of a parent is to sometimes admit that you're wrong. And that's very hard for some parents to do because society tells you you're the parent, you're right, you know what to do, you got your shit together. That's bullshit. No parent has it all together, nobody. They all make errors, they all make mistakes, they all, you know, have their own things they pass down to their children. Every child is different. You can have Two parents can have multiple children and each child turns out completely different. And so it's a lot of complexity, it's a lot of gray area in there. And when you start talking about this, you really start talk about the gray area in a lot of people's lives you start talking about i've done worked all day i'm tired i came home and i'm frustrated and now i have to sit and check myself before i raise my voice and yell you know and 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 that's something that's that's a learned behavior you know you have to say okay i give me a time out y'all and then come back and talk later but it's natural to do that quick thing because guess what it's quicker to just yell than to actually go through that thought process in your brain to kind of work through it. You know, a lot of parents are like, I got shit to do. We got to do this tomorrow. I'm just trying to help you get to the next day. And I quote unquote, don't have time for all this meandering and bullshit. That's why a lot of people push back on quote unquote, gentle parenting and things like that. But gentle parenting is not a bad thing. It's not always all bad. I think a lot of people quote unquote reject it because they think it means no discipline. They think it means you just allow your child to do what they want to do and that's not true. It's the fact that you have to reevaluate your relationship with your child and what it means and how do you want your child to think about you? Do you want them to fear you? Do you want them to be scared of you? Or do you want a mutual relationship with your child? That makes a difference. Yeah, I agree on all that stuff. I think, um, yeah, it's just hard for people to kind of grasp those things um, because there's so much uh, trauma that we all deal with and Correct. dealt with. And, and yeah, you you know, it's like 
when someone brings up the idea of not hitting their kid and it's like, but my parents hit me and if it wasn't for those whoopings, I wouldn't have, but I don't know. Maybe they would have been, if they would have talked to me, it still might've been fine. There are kids that didn't get whoopings that grew up fine. There's kids that didn't get whoopings that grew up in both fucking monsters. I, so a lot of it just feels like a crapshoot. Two people can grow up in the same house and end up <clears throat> with the same discipline and end up completely different. So I think a lot of this is kind of a crapshoot. Right. The other thing is just, uh just in general when it comes to raising kids it is always a slope of evolving that is you know if you go back and i remember watching a documentary on pbs i don't know the name of it guys i'm sorry i just watched it a long time ago it was just on the channel and it was about child discipline throughout the centuries in america and motherfucker yeah some of the stuff that was happening at the turn of the century Ooh, and stuff to kids. did you watch this or something no I, okay I, and, and, and and i may have because i remember them talking about the the disciplines and how they used to beat their kids and whip their kids and how each generation quote-unquote got a little bit softer and got a little bit softer as far as like the disciplines well that they did. I, I specifically remember them talking about like stuff where like back in the day people were taking like burning like stuff and burning their kids like that was normal it wasn't like and then child service came and took the kid it was like no sometimes the discipline of the kid you hit them with this the back of metal brush or something and it's like shit that that was very obviously trauma inducing and then those kids have to raise kids and then it gets a little better each generation and i think you get to a point hopefully where you know everyone's doing the best they can um all right, back to this. Uh, Sid, our girl Sid says, Jay Major's weekend is wild. Uh, off every MLK, it's my B-Day, too. Oh, happy birthday happy to a real birthday. one. Uh, props for being so vulnerable with your health journey. Motherfuckers be wild with the commentary. I know. And opinions, even when they intend to be nice and helpful. I know. I know. That's why I normally don't talk about it. Um, Dr. Uzo82 says, a few months into the new job, a staff member asked me if I plan on working on MLK Day. Asked why anyone was going to be at work on MLK Day since then the office closes on mlk day good nice you you one of them ones i feel you justin does that kind of stuff at his job shanna says just so y'all know i got caught up on the podcast during the holidays and decided the anticipation was too much for me i'm back to being behind gotta do what works for me yeah this is why i don't listen to y'all when y'all be like man <laughs> nope. could y'all slow down it's like y'all like being behind mm-hmm. some people like being caught up you'll catch it if you want to right you know? what can i say um all right that's it for that episode let's get to the next episode episode 2839 is drake destroying hip-hop now i just want to say the title of this episode i took some uh inspiration from a man kev on stage um for his podcast here's the thing Mm -hmm. a lot of times he'll name the episode like something they talked about or like frame it as a question that they never really were saying yeah. so we never really said drake was destroying hip-hop. hip-hop nope most def never said drake was destroying hip-hop if you listen to that quote Mm-mm. but it makes a better headline yes, and maybe more people will listen if they like wow Ryder karen think drake is so destroying hip-hop. hip-hop i better check this out <laughs> but we never said that Mm-mm. you know but we you know but but this episode did better than a lot of the other episodes uh, uh, a lot of people headlines. was probably highly disappointed when they clicked <laughs> yeah <laughs> they so, thought it was gonna get a rap debate it got our most listens of the week so oh, I shit mean, now and by a wide margin by about maybe 400 500 extra listens than the other episodes so uh I, this is why kev on stage is so smart man this is why he's he's 
gotten to where he's at because he knows how to work them algorithms and mm-hmm. shit. And I said, let me see if this works. And uh, so, yeah, 2839 is Drake destroying hip hop. We got four comments. Appia says, I don't know if Drake is hip hop or not, but I know that I find all his songs forgettable and sometimes wonder why he has so much success. Yeah, but that's very subjective. So who knows? You know, like you're a white lady from Germany. It, it might not even really be your genre, you know. To might even not know. be your jam. You know, so. Kiki, do you love me? Hey, he got some bops. Yeah. Um, and I think also a lot of songs are forgettable at this point because we're old. Yeah. And, we, you know, we've consumed a lot of music. And particularly nowadays, the way music is kind of thrown at you, it's so much to choose from. A lot of people, they listen on to the next, on to the next, on yeah, to the next. Yeah, the issue, though. With Drake is not that. Drake Drake is ubiquitous. Drake is too big uh, for the like Yeah. Like Drake Drake got way too many hits for it to be quote unquote forgettable. Yeah. It's not forgettable. We're not in the demo. We're old. Yeah, I agree. So the same way Drake might be quote unquote forgettable. If I start going down the list of the top radio hits in America, top or top charts or whatever on Spotify in America, and just hit play at a party full of people our age, they're all gonna sound forgettable. Because what we're really remembering from the hits of our youth are what it felt like to be young. Yes, we're remembering the experiences we had, remembering college, remembering unlimited parties, we're remembering whatever. Like, there's a bunch of shit that truly is forgettable music in my opinion that Uh i'll never forget because to me those songs mean something so a song like doodoo brown which is not a good song if you technically break it down really it's not i'll never forget it i've heard it at every football game i've ever been to don't drink pepsi always coke right so i think i think that's the big difference she says karen is so funny while she explicitly tells us she doesn't try to be funny imagine if she would try we couldn't handle it i suppose I don't know. I think the world would be explode if I actually sat down and got my thoughts and be like, you know what? I'm I'm going to actually exercise this brain of mine to be all over the place <laughs> and write some thoughts down. I don't know if I can handle it. Uh, hustle no flow. I think she's just picking on you. Always going. I'm not trying to be funny. I think that's all she's saying. <laughs> hustle no flow says it seems like Angela Rye and the crew have been friends with Charlemagne the God since they were all younger coming up in media because I remember them talking to him back in the day. So it seems like they tried to treat him as serious when he's not. With podcasting and streaming, it doesn't seem like there's a current day version of the Tom Joyner show where even though they were joking, they also have real serious segments and recurring news segments that treated things with more gravitas than what you get with The Breakfast Club, which is always going viral for nonsense. With your time in New York and the other people in the industry, did you ever ask them what is their relationship like with Charlemagne the God? Was there a lot of love behind the scenes and good stuff that we don't see? Well, Hustle No Flow, I didn't really ask people about Charlemagne and their relationship. I did talk with somebody that worked for him and his show, and uh, this dude basically was like, you are so lucky to be working for Bomani, and I think that tells me a lot. Uh, (laughs) It's like, you have a dream job. Like, you are not worried about, you know, a bunch of shit that's superfluous to your job, and, you know, this motherfucker getting you in trouble or shooting down good ideas or you write something smart and it's like we can't say that it's too smart or whatever um so but i don't know people's relationships with the behind the scenes as a mover and shaker um and as far as their relationship with him it's interesting i did go listen to their podcast andrew gillum 
Angela Rye and Tiffany Cross's podcast, Native Land. I listened to the second episode. Um, and uh, first of all, if you're interested in listening, I say you go listen just because Tiffany Cross breaks down how she ended up leaving MSNBC mm-hmm. and all the turmoil and all the like backstabbing and all that stuff. And to me, it's been a while. She's never really told that story that I've seen anywhere. Not publicly, And no. so to hear her tell that story was dope because it confirms a lot of stuff that people think about MSNBC yes. and white liberals mm-hmm. and those spaces. Um, and then also for me, it um, it 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 kind of crystallizes where her point of view is now because I do I'm not gonna I wouldn't say bitter or something like that I think that's like a loaded term to try to make people whatever right I think she is justifiably upset and angry yes with even the democratic liberal white people that were the people in charge at MSNBC supposedly during that time that basically blackballed her or kicked her out of there and and tarred feathered her reputation on the way out the door and I think that comes across in her commentary and her point of view right now. I think, you know, when she went on Charlemagne's show, uh, Breakfast Club, and said, oh, yeah, um, I, I was saying Democrats, but I was really thinking, talking more about the media. I don't know if, she, if that's, like, 100% true, but the anger towards the media I could get because they did her dirty. Yes. You know, they did her dirty. Tucker Carlson is working for a whole nother channel. He, his opinion should not be enough to get her escorted out the door. Correct. Um, so, but, but the other thing about that podcast, it doesn't sound like that segment they did with Charlemagne. Mm-mm. And that's one of the problems with, I think, tying yourself to somebody that is so publicly like, I'm, I'm just out here to be controversial or get these clicks or whatever. The clicks justify the ends or the means I think them on their own platform, I totally understood the points they were making about, you know, voting, Democratic Party, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying I even agree with all of it. And and some of it was very generalized platitudes, you know, the same issue I have with a lot of these figures that talk about politics but won't get into anything specific whenever they're getting critical. They just say stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, I understood it more and it was more reasoned on the podcast than it was with Charlemagne and them. I have some bigger misgivings about the way things are framed with the black vote and the way that media people who always put their fur, their face on the cover of the album, but ain't no album without my face on the cover of the album kind of vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that I'm doing this for the people and this is for the people, but yeah, my name gotta be on the front. <laughs> it's James Brown and the band. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's, it's like, there's a always going to be a conflict of interest in a cash 22 with people like that. Cause like you make your money through self promotion, but then you say your promotion, like, but it's all about the people, but that means that they cancel your show. Then they cancel the show of the people, which immediately puts you on a higher pedestal and a more importance than everybody else. But, um, but that's just a conflict. I think that exists within all those spaces where, where you, you can't make a show without branding, but you also want to make a show about something. Yes. And then it's just, do people think you're righteous or not? I don't know. But yeah, I think Charlemagne drags, drags them down because their relationships with him compromise them. It just, it is what it is. Twitter and social media spaces. And a lot of people think of Charlemagne as a guy who allegedly got away with sexual assault. They think of a guy who's been extremely crass in interviews. They think of a guy who, 
trots out Republican right wing conservative talking points. Um, a guy that goes to Democratic events like like sits down with Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris and then goes on the air and pretends that he doesn't know what they're doing and says what why aren't they out here trying to do anything and where are they at and where's that why aren't they promoting the, and, and so it, it feels like he's an op and so people go if for y'all to be such righteous stand-up people for you to say you stand with the lgbtq community but then you know you're palling around with a guy that laughed when Lil Rel, i mean like Lil well laugh when um Damn, I can't even remember that dude's name anymore. Mm-mm, I know you talking about. Uh, God, did he, did he fall off? Or I'm just out of the loop. Anyway, loop. I see his face, but I can't remember. His yeah, name. some some two niggas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that dope ass song. Yes, living the good life, uh, living my best life. That dude, Duvall. Yes, yeah, little Duvall. So like you said, a guy sat up there with little Duvall and laughed at the idea of killing trans women for deceiving them and that was like a day or two after having janet mock on the show a trans woman who they asked about her genitals like this is not the space for you it happens all the time but for you to hold yourself out as who you claim to be to occupy this space it feels a bit hypocritical and it feels like it should be like beneath you but look money makes strange bedfellows their imprint their their podcast is under his imprint at our heart um and so you you know you got to go on there and promote and that means you cut him slack and that means you defend angela rise on twitter basically make it sound like a conspiracy that this man was accused of sexual assault a conspiracy from with a police report from years ago like i don't i'm not saying whether or not you think he did it but just a conspiracy is some is a completely different thing than just anyway my point being they they laying down with them so they have to do that shit and or they are the type of people that would do that shit i don't think you have to no, you don't. um but that you know because they could just not respond i think if that was if if i was working for him and he was accused of this shit and y'all were in my mentions on twitter like right how can you work with somebody like that I would literally not respond because I would probably be thinking the same thing y'all are thinking, which is like, y'all know why I'm doing it for fucking money. Like you know? everybody else did with their jobs and they managed to supervise. And I know I've been saying this for a while, but I've been talking about this for a while, but I have to add one more thing. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that they're starting this podcast at the beginning of 2024 when it's going to be uh, extremely important election cycle. And I'm not saying that in the good way of like, cause they just need to get their voices out there and help the people. No, cause they could have done that last year. They could have done that the year before. I think they're doing this because in the election cycle, there's going to be tens, there's going to be billions of dollars pumped into all kinds of media um, to get people to vote and, 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 something i've noticed in their discussions something i'm noticing more and more in all the discussions from black people within the politics sphere who try to make their money off of discussing politics they're dealing with racism and bias in that they don't get the money that these other people get for doing the same thing and i think this is a very important part of the equation that isn't being discussed very much but like she brought up how Ellie Mistyle goes on MSNBC and has never been paid. Um, yeah, there's white people that go on MSNBC much less than he does, 
they would have got a check. Now, you don't got to agree with what Ellie be saying. There's a lot of shit I don't agree with Ellie and his characterization of uh, Merrick Garland and stuff. But I I think there's white people that go on there and say shit and they get a check. They they, they get moved up into like some type of correspondent or contributor role. Um, you know, there's, there's a podcast that are black that talk about politics that will never get the ad dollars. They'll never get asked, hey, can you can we advertise on your thing? Because y'all talk about politics and and this is a space we think, you know, would be dope for us to be able to push our campaign. You know, uh, a couple years ago uh, when we were with Spotify, so we couldn't do it because Spotify has a rule against it. But when we were with Spotify, the Biden campaign reached out to us and said, hey, could we advertise on your show? And I was like, hell yeah, we we want him to win. Like, it's no, I've never been un... On, on like i don't i don't find whatever it is that charlemagne finds in being like hey these democrats ain't gonna make me seem like no bitch like i don't care about that shit i do not if i'm gonna vote for them it's because i believe in them and or believe that they're a better alternative and i would like the people that hear me to understand that so it's never really bothered me in that way but yeah so there's a lot of money that these people are frozen out of and so what you hear them advocating for that sounds like sour grapes, and it kind of is, and it's not it's not a big picture thing to a lot of us because we don't work in that industry, so it doesn't matter to us. Right. But what you're hearing is a lot of them saying there's inequality here, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even on the Democrat side, where the money is not divvied up in the way I would like to see. And I'm not getting the money, but my friends ain't getting the money. Other black people that work in this industry ain't getting the money. This, but white people it finds its money in the white pockets and established pockets and they don't really fuck with us and that is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of them and they're privy to that knowledge and they're not doing a great job of like explaining that in my opinion because they don't want to sound or look greedy they don't want to make it sound like this is just about money but at the end of the day for the, for them that's how you make your living so it is going to be about the money and that's okay so when i listen to that podcast and they were talking about some of the kind of ton, like they were kind of talking about it uh, almost hush hush without saying names but it was like this kind of idea like yeah and the, and the democrats are so righteous why the money not coming to us and i think that's a valid point that isn't being discussed it is um now they've elected themselves the arbiters and the, the whispers and the pie pipers to speaking how to how to speak to black people and shit i don't know if that's true you know i think they promote themselves as you know who's gonna relay the democrats message to the bus driving black person i'm like i i don't know that the bus driving black person doesn't understand right you know my cousin that don't vote okay well your cousin that don't vote is that cousin also like well, I gotta wait on see what Angela Rye gonna tell me. I don't mm-hmm. know that they that they have any more in the streets credibility than anybody else, but doesn't matter. Those are the pundits. Those are the analysts. Those are the people in those spaces. Why the fuck don't they get the bread? They Agreed. black because like because yes. they they're black. Is that why they're not getting the money that you're throwing at these other people? So I, there's a lot of moving things going here. I'm sorry to monologue for so long, but I wanted to thoroughly answer your question. No problem. Go ahead. Uh, as for Drake. 
when his last album came out, people that listen to his music were regularly commenting that he feels like he's trying to stay stuck at a young point and that his music doesn't seem to be aging with him as he works the formula to keep appealing to the same age demographic. It's odd to now hear some of those folks act like they don't understand the point that most deaf is making when it really seems similar to what they've said about the music before. Most knew that saying it would be seen as hate. Yeah, and I, I think he was hating a little bit. I think a lot of things are true at the same time. Most was hating at the little, a little bit. Most kind of was hating on his peers in that way. Mm-hmm. Most doesn't like and doesn't make that kind of music. He no. does. I think he gives a pass to probably the people that are cool with him. Like I, people that like you can't say Jay Z's not hip hop, but I feel like there's definitely some songs. Most would be like not that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, Jay Z's has some has some hippity hop bops too. Right, and then um. As far as uh, Drake music, I mean, we want to say that his fans don't like it or his people don't like it. I, I think you just got to get away from social media. Right. Social media does, there's a big push of we don't like Drake, but the numbers don't lie. No, they do not. People listen to his albums much more than they listen to any other hip hop albums. Somebody like that shit. Mm-hmm. you know so might i not be you but somebody look somebody that's they motherfucking jam and they can't wait to the next goddamn album yeah the numbers don't lie man so i don't i don't even know what to tell people at this point we living in a bubble of we don't fuck with drake but it's clearly not it's clearly not the way other people consume it right the motherfucker sells out the tours and shit i mean he does people people fuck with him Evie says, I don't think Drake is ruining hip-hop. Admittedly, I didn't. Lo- I don't listen to him regularly. I think in general, hip-hop in the last several years hasn't been that great to me outside the women who I think are killing the game. Well, that's what's funny is I would say, then if you believe that, then hip-hop has been great. Because it's not just that the women are killing the game. The women are making up the a huge a huge portion of what hip-hop is. Correct. So, like, if you would have said that, like, say, in 1996, when it's like, five women that we knew their names that were putting out an album then we'd be like yeah women the women are killing it but that that's not good for like that doesn't mean hip-hop is good yeah i think at this point if women are killing it that means hip-hop is good because there's so fucking many women rapping right and also the 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 thing is how can i say this maybe this is the way i feel about it it's like you're almost contradicting yourself because if you say the women then you mean hip-hop because women are part of hip hop. It's like you. It's like almost like you're separating the women. That's what I'm out, saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying there was a time where I would have understood that. Mm. There was a time when it was Foxy Brown, Lil Kim, and it's like okay, so the women killed it this year, but hip hop was still having a down year. It hasn't been that good. When you talking about th- these last few years, okay, yeah, it's, it's so many women. Women dominated. Yeah, it's so many women. I don't know how you could even say like. Oh yeah, the women are kill- you know like hip women are killing hip hop, but it's not you know nah. If the women are killing, then that means hip hop is in a good place. Yeah, because it's all in, in 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 my mind. I know it sounds wild. My mind has always been all encompassing, but yeah, I can see people dividing it up when you can literally you know pick pick the chocolate chips out of the batter. But now yeah. it's so many of them that that's almost impossible to kind yeah. of separate women out of the group. Yeah, it's a, this is it's, it's a huge difference to me watching women with like their voices get into the game and really get to say stuff as opposed to 
you know, back when we felt like men were writing for all the women in the first place. Yeah, and also uh, the thing is I like the fact, and I know a lot of uh, cishet straight men don't like this, quote-unquote, a lot of the true hip-hop fans, women are dominating the game and all of that. Women are talking about the, rapping about the shit that they want to rap about. So that's why a lot of men push back on the quote-unquote pussy rap, the whole rap and all that shit. But if that's what the fuck women want to rap about, women can rap about that. Women can rap about conscious rap. Women can rap about being mothers. Like all this other shit that's not quote-unquote dominated around the thoughts and the feelings of men. And a lot of times men always quote-unquote think and still do think that they quote-unquote control hip-hop. And so when you have a lot of these women that's coming out and be like, no, I'm doing this shit without a man. And no, I'm going independent. And no, I'm doing my own thing. And no, I'm not attached to a man. And all this shit, you know, a lot of men feel a certain way because, you know, they feel like they quote unquote dominate hip hop. And if you're not associated with a two and around men, you're not hip hop. And that's a false statement in my mind. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it, too. Um yeah, it's just, like I said, it's it's more like a, I, like I said, yeah, I would not separate women out of hip hop anymore. Like I get how people can do, have done that back in the day and right. why that seemed like, you know, an okay thing to do. But at this point I'm like, yeah, we, we, we kind of, we know, you know. Yeah, and, and hip hop evolves and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think that a lot of people have problems with the evolving of hip hop all genre of music have evolved over the time you know the music that you hear from all the genres is not the music that, that your mom and daddy was listening to or the generation before that it evolves it changes it grows it has its ebbs and flows and this is part of the quote-unquote cycle now and it's also one of those things we're not trying to be funny if men want to quote-unquote dominate again put shit out there that people going to buy like like not trying to be funny like the audience the, and the audience and the crowd decides what's good and what's not so put things out there that they are going to consume yeah um but people are buying it you know i think people are buying hip-hop so it's not i don't know that that's the issue for you know um, no i'm talking about like men you know like like you know because because basically you know we're talking about how women are dominating and i was saying how a lot of men fit, right fit, people fit. are buying the men's hip-hop too yes so I like I said, it's we're just not in the demo necessarily for all this shit to keep up on the cutting edge, but it's it is what it is as far as like women are women are a big part of the game. They're making a lot of music. I don't think you can separate them out. If they're doing good, hip hop's doing good. Also, men continue to still make hip hop and sell albums and stuff. I don't think yes. Drake is killing hip hop. I told y'all already. The title was just salacious to get y'all to click on. <laughs> The only rap I've listened to in the past few years is from women. Drake is simply a product of what mainstream media is pushing. No, I don't think it's about mainstream media is pushing it. His shit sells more than those women even. Yes. Yes. People like Drake. I don't know why this shit is so hard for people to understand. People they like, like Drake. him. They like his music. Even if it's popcorn, unfilling music, they like that shit. Mm-hmm. Most deaf is the weirdo for pointing out like, oh man, this... You know, it's just so consumerism. We like I don't think people are under the illusion necessarily that Drake is making deeper music than he's making. Right. I think for the most part people are like, "Yes, and we like that most deaf. Mm-hmm. We like going to to and not thinking hard about it. We not Correct. trying we're not trying to hear rapidly rap bars every time we pull up. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we want to go to the club and we want to hear club music and you've never really made that and you're probably not really able to make that. If you feel like it's beneath you, cool, but also you didn't do that, you know? And Drake made a great point with his retort, which was, 
you made my umi says and that was what your biggest hit it's in commercials and shit you weren't rapping you were singing so you know it's like you know get off my dick basically is what drake was saying i'm not saying i'm on drake's side but shit that's a good comeback i thought he was just gonna say some foul shit we got comments on youtube on this one linda says karen's face was exactly how my face looked when jason johnson and president biden uh said president biden should talk to charlamagne and shannon sharp that's the stupidest thing anyone could have suggested they do at this point cheyenne says to say drake is destroying hip-hop is a weird concept to me like he's one of the biggest hip-hop acts in the world was the fresh prince not hip-hop i'm sure will smith got backlash for not being hard but that doesn't take him out of genre i agree i agree too my mom says exactly the whole joy reed segment incensed me 100 fucking with black people observe spoonful says i haven't gotten to the topic yet so i hope i'm not repeating y'all but i think it's interesting that hip-hop overcame so much adversity to exist and has endured so much uh it can be taken down by the likes of drake that's not an insult to drake obviously it's a it's, his reach is understandable is undeniable but if white supremacy capitalism and respectability politics could take down hip-hop if or when hip-hop ends it'll simply be because it was time to just like every other genre that's fallen out of the top 40 yeah i hear you i don't think it'll be one person's fault either no i don't think so either and my thing and maybe it's just me and my optimistic how many of these other genres that they say were dead and them shits is still around no they quote unquote might be in the top might not be in the top 40 but them shits is still around and like everything else it's ebbs and flows shit fall out of the top 40s generations later that shit comes back and it falls out like like it goes up and down i don't think hip-hop will never quote-unquote disappear or go away or go into extinction <laughs> you know because not y'all find this is the same things they said about rock and roll heavy metal like like it's these other genres that are still around decades later that people thought would go by the wayside yeah and i'll just say um all those genres had to turn on top and they're not necessarily on top anymore and that's just gonna happen to hip-hop too one day right uh uh, chocolate lady cap says because i'm a big big drake hater i'm gonna say yes he's killing hip-hop however he's not the only one yeah i think that's what it's always been about just people hate drake and then this is their turn to say it Mm -hmm. um who had a worse sunday cowboys fans or drake fans wow i say cowboys yeah everybody said cowboys 91 percent say cowboys fans 8.7 percent say drake fans and 87 percent on our web on the on spotify say cowboys fans 13 percent say drake fans so cowboys fans in a landslide just like that green bay victory oh no facts is facts karen (laughs) magnificent breeze says after a terrible experience oh i'm sorry if I was in a Target in Houston and I heard a Drake song, it feels a lot like his music is compatible with shopping. Yasin Bay. That's the quote of the episode. Magnificent Breeze says, after terrible experience with my local Chinese spot, I vowed never again, and now I'm making lo mein, Singapore noodles, japchai, uh, Chinese chicken, beef, and broccoli, and sauces, general, sal, and teriyaki, and all that. So you do it all at home. I hear you, girl. Zalora says black entertainers and athletes were involved in the civil rights movement but they weren't leaders of the movement are things flipped now i don't think so no i don't think it's flipped no i because here's the thing man and this is not a shot at anybody but there's a lot of people whose brand is to say they're for the people yes it's your brand i i'm i'm sorry but it's not the same as doing the work right and i'm not saying they're not doing the work but those two 
there are two because we're in an age of such unbridled self-promotion because that is what our social media is is all the cameras pointed back at us and it makes us have to be self-promoting in order to to make money and make a living and be visible enough um but because of that the mentality is very much if i'm at the forefront that means whatever movement whatever cause is doing good because i'm obviously being seen you can't disassociate that and you can't just say it for the people you like and then the people you don't like oh no not that person so like if that paradigm is what sean king has mastered then it's what these other people have mastered too Mm -hmm. you know the if if how much of the black lives matter movement came down to the black lives matter organization being like we need to be seen as the movement y'all don't hear me though okay it's not this because those aren't the same thing but how much of that was about the battles they fought on social media with all those other activists where they're going at it with people that were on the ground in ferguson and shit and it's like what for me and i've kept this same energy from day one why the fuck do i care right about which of you niggas gets the credit like i understand if if the whole thing is just we're here to get these laws and these things passed and get people out of power and destroy these dismantle these systems i know why you need to care about getting the credit because it's how you make your living but for me at home i don't care if it's sean king versus anyone the fuck else if the law that i want to see uh pass gets passed if the, the if the police department gets whatever i don't give a fuck which one of you came up with the with the idea first because we're talking about survival we're not talking about your credit i don't care about your career after this Mm-mm. i don't know i don't care how you make money i don't care if you become a talking head or a politician none of that matters to me you told me you were here for the people yes you told me you were here to get the law changed you told me you were here to dismantle the system you are the one that is get, that has to worry about getting the check for what for that i don't have to worry about that part not saying that i don't want activists to get paid whatever i'm just saying the concerns are different yes. and so what happens is for and it's because they're human yeah and they're living a singular experience despite saying they're for the people what happens is when i'm sleeping in my car and i'm an activist for the people it's like man fuck that i gotta get a check somehow and i'm not saying no sellout shit but just my needs are different than just i'm not just an avatar that exists only for the people i i need a roof i need i like a car i'd like some nice clothes and so what ends up happening is that they start conflating if i'm not out front then the people not up front Mm -hmm. and it's 37 of you niggas saying that so so you didn't get the thing this didn't happen uh this activist isn't a fucking car commercial you know what i mean this other activist is uh you know they got a radio show now this other activist is like i gotta you know put uh, we putting together the the this event and what you have is other activists that didn't do that or didn't get the thing hating being sounding like most devil with drake you know be, hey look um this person's a commercial sellout blah 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 yeah but you kind of want the thing and when you get the thing that pays your bills, we you're going to get called a sellout. So um, 
I don't know that it's flipped. I don't think these athletes are necessarily civil rights leaders. And they're not think, claiming to be. Right. And I think a big part of this is that we're still operating on a 1960s uh, model of this, like, black people need a leader to look yes. to, to tell us what to do it's, and to communicate to white people. Specifically a man. Our thoughts. And, no, not, not anymore. No. There's a lot of women claiming to be these leaders now. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's not there are some people that are still very much in the in the sexist mode but i'm right. saying at this point black lives matter is a not a that's not men yes the yes whole, yeah I, right. I, 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 and they I, make I the most money so the people that give money do they're not saying it has to be a man anymore because they got the most of the money so clearly and their platform was very much like no we're tired of men so it's it's not that anymore it's a different the model is still let me speak to direct to these negroes for y'all but it's not a go ahead i'm sorry okay and i completely understand that but when you say the 1970 models that was the model and and, and i I guess it's my perspective like like like, like that was the model i'm not saying the exact model i'm saying if if, if you were listen to what i'm saying the model of black leader okay just i didn't say yeah i didn't say i specifically made sure not to say just men the idea of this model of like we need a black people need a leader to tell them what to do to represent them as that is still very much alive it might now it may have broadened a bit to where it's not just like it need to be a religious southern uh black straight man but but yes but it's it's still it's like yeah we 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 got the who they show white folks show go who's representative right right i'm with you that's who they're gonna give the money to or that's who they're gonna put on tv or whatever but we we don't exist in that way Mm -mm. and we're not obviously we've never been a monolith but i just point out the reason we're not a monolith now is because of the fact that um there are so many different factions within blackness that have separate interest yes that's not a bad thing Mm -mm. but we're still being treated as if we should be monolithic right as if speaking for the black vote into black people means speaking to all black people with the same goals no some black people are straight up coons they want to be with white supremacy and they're going to vote trump Mm -hmm. some black people are misogynistic and homophobic enough that they feel like i'm comfortable enough in america i'll be voting or not voting but i won't be voting for democrats right there's a people at this point that have money and they 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 got they're rich or they see themselves as having generational wealth and they may have completely different priorities than you and i there are people that feel like i have access to white spaces now and i'm not interested in what the fuck y'all are going through i have my access there's also people that um you know like that that, that are so hey we're gonna need to destroy the prison system we need to destroy the justice system we need to destroy policing we need to destroy the government those people are black and and have voices too so when they treat us like well lebron james will explain it that's still working on a 1960s model of like one person will, yes. will, will tell the blacks what to do like they're just fucking in the desert with a fucking staff and they're just leading the jewish people to the water and like moses and it's like that has not existed for a very long time correct pick the black leader i'll show you the black people that are like fuck that person i'll never listen to them yes and i and and think that their shit is right so until we face that i think it, it doesn't like all this black leadership void stuff is bullshit and i think what's really fucking the system up what's really fucking the game up 
there are people still talking like they are. So, like I said, this is not a shot at their podcast, but when I listen to Native Land, a lot of it is big up in themselves. It's like, listen, I'm in, I do the work. I do the street. I I, I would talk to the black bus driver. I would talk to the, I would get this person. And it's like, that's self-promotion, essentially. To be like, hey, y'all need to come give me the money. I'm the one that knows how to talk to the black people. Because, sure, the educated black people that went to college that are politically savvy like me, we're the exception to the rule. But someone needs to talk to the unwashed, ignorant black masses, and only I can communicate to these Negroes. You whites will never be able to figure it out. Give me the money. I'll tell them what to do. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an uh, incentive to push that. There's an incentive to, to say that. I'll still working on my thoughts about that but there's something about that i hate there's something about that i don't like i understand white people get this uh the royal white voter that will never vote democrat we need to just keep pushing money towards them and giving them all the attention and they never gonna fucking vote democrat they're never gonna vote for progress they're always gonna vote with races and yet there's an infinite amount of attention there and maybe we're if jealous of that envious of that as black people like why don't our ignorant black people get all the money and attention i don't know but i don't like it because i never thought those white people should have got that attention nope and i don't think that just because you're black you should get the attention of for ignorance i don't think we should be like well listen go on the breakfast club no because we don't say go on joe rogan you know we (laughs) we don't say go on the ridiculousness when we want to reach you know a certain type of white voter but it seems like the lowest common denominator is always the shit we got to deal with um nelson says the breakfast club is owned by iHeartMedia, media same ones that had rush limbaugh show i'm sure his higher-ups have no problem with him pushing this bs oh i'm sure i mean that's probably why they love him alicia says jl sitting at home with cookie and a righteous girlfriend eating almonds and drinking green tea or in his private amtrak car grumbling to himself and rubbing his shoulder now why am i in it <laughs> you know why he's in it he knows why uh music hoarder says yep and his music goes great in the gym the niggas universal also what's the correct site name for too raw too real it's not a website it's his twitter and um shit hold on I, i'll try to tell y'all because i don't remember if it's the number or the oh, letter spelled out yeah uh yeah it's the number two uh two raw and then t-o-o real is the guy's uh twitter and, handle and, and he has a link tree on his twitter handle if you don't have twitter and you want to follow him in other places mm-hmm. and real is real real or real yeah, real real is spelled the way yeah okay real. okay R- r-e-a-l sorry yes you no problem yeah because just two mm-hmm. versions that's too raw too real yeah. yeah okay anyway um but yeah I, I i love his feed i know that people will be mad like oh you so pro democrat i don't know why the fuck that's bad <laughs> honest to god i don't know why that's bad i think it's only bad if you're just like if you're lying right but in the world with so much misinformation we need people that don't spread misinformation we need people that know facts we need people that know what they're talking about it's the other failing that i this so this is the other reason that i have some issues with you know your your charlemagne's and your you know native land or whatever they do a lot of talking about how well, see, people just don't know what the Democrats are doing. They are doing things, but nobody knows what they're doing, and that's the real problem. Why aren't you getting the word out? That did it? And I'm like, nigga, you're on the microphone talking to people. Tell you us. could be telling your audience you tell what is happening. I make a point on this show every once in a while to just highlight some shit like, hey, 
Did you know medical debt is going to stop being counted as part of your credit score? Good. That's a fucking major thing that will help a lot of black people out specifically because medical debt yes. is one of the biggest albatrosses around black people's neck. Uh, same thing with they started counting your phone bill as part of your credit score because there's black people that rent or have phone bills or whatever that that stuff doesn't get counted towards our credit score. We're the highest percentage of people renting, you know, so there's stuff like that that is definitely for and helping black people just because it wasn't called the blacks only bill doesn't mean it doesn't help black people right and it's a shame that motherfuckers in positions that have huge platforms that know exactly what i'm talking about will go i don't want to say that because if i say that kind of shit I, I i'm now looked at as the democrats bitch and that's more important than the people to me that's why i don't fuck with that whole like i'm for the people shit if you're for the people then it shouldn't matter if you have to look bad quote-unquote for the people to tell the truth you shouldn't it, so okay some people gonna not respect that you said kamala kamala harris is actually out here doing a lot of stuff and here's the last five events she did some people gonna talk shit about you but i thought it was about the people and not you sound like it's about you and your ego um uh music hoarder says yeah and it's, oh wait, i said that uh guess who says sad part is black people will never see the tactics dims used to get black votes so it's just somebody called guess who that i guess wanted to troll us because we'll never that's that's the thing we're so stupid as black people we'll never see guys only the white people understand what's going on in america but you're smart you get it you get it you figured it out you know I what the guess. you know what the dims are doing to get our black votes you mm-hmm. guys got it uh thank you for writing that yeah, jason sell, Whitlock. Sell, you know we need we need everybody jason we need all the listeners yeah they have to sell us watermelon and fried chicken because we just don't know we just we just stupid negroes we can't help ourselves all right let's go to um, um break i need uh <laughs> i need to make some money we do guys it's time to go to the next episode um episode 2840 coon unity uh we had some comments six comments apia says being organized and doing stuff that needs to be done immediately is great self-care for your future self and i know the feeling when i noticed that i already took care of something some time ago is great and it always boosts self-confidence big recommendation yeah mm-hmm. i just recently got the official email back from the trademark people to be like hey your trademark is renewed and approved Woo-hoo! and i was like i'm glad it was the me that did that five months ago or whatever whenever i did that Yay! uh and not waited till the deadline or waited till it got they mm-hmm. give you like a year grace period or whatever i was just like let me just take care of this while i got it right shoe booty says this is a german efficiency from apia we have come to know and love why wouldn't you just choose to be great do you like being lazy and ineffective just do the right thing and then you feel good duh and apia says but it is true just do good stuff instead of bad and things will be better deep shoe booty says the social media posts about weight loss can seem fat phobic instead of celebratory because no matter what it's all based in societal acceptance of a body that fits the norms once you're making progress to be accepted you celebrate like they're like look everyone you can quit making fun of me now i fit the mold you decided was ideal 
um they don't want us to be fat they don't want us to use ozempic they don't want us to be fat but mike is at the gym i swear to god one time i was quietly on a diet eating my little carrot sticks at work and this bitch had the audacity say oh you know bell peppers have less sugar and calories than carrots you should try that we can't do nothing Ooh, i don't want to i want to fight her if you don't get the whole ass out my face bitch i'm with you in that uh i'm with you on that in shoe booty in this like i did it it's everybody's business and all that stuff but I think one I very rarely personalize. I think the difference was the the tweet we were talking about the person was personalizing it in a way of like you're telling me you don't want to look like me and it's like I don't know how to tell you this but it should be okay for people to want to look however they want to look in their body. Right. Um it's like saying it's like if Karen goes I have natural hair and I notice you have a perm. You're saying you don't like my 4C hair. You're saying that it's like i'm just starting shit yeah it's like well that's your personal right no one's thinking about you Mm -hmm. in general could give a damn in general no one's really thinking about you they may be thinking about themselves and they may be dealing with some stuff in their own heads or pressures in their own lives but a big part of this is we don't really know what people be going through Mm -mm. and that means so and we also know that it's difficult to 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 do like let's take losing weight out of the conversation for a second Let's just say somebody's been going to the gym, lifting weights, and they've been gaining weight. They've been getting stronger, and they're looking more muscular. This happens all the time with my male friends. They go to the gym, they lift weights, they're really strong, and they 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 show off their pictures in their uh, you know Under Armour or whatever. Like, look at the muscles I'm building. Now, that's nothing. That's nothing fat phobic about that necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not even losing weight. You know, they're just getting bigger, right? um and it's not even that they're losing fat or gaining fat they just look bigger and stronger than they were right i don't see people internalizing that as like wow you know i don't lift weights and i'm skinny or whatever i'm you know i'm not defined muscularly and how fucking dare you tell me you don't want to look like me no one owes you shit no one owes you looking like you no one owes you thinking you're ideal or thinking your body is whatever they want it to be and then at the same time there's people out there that look at your at people's body and go i wish that was me i all right. that shit is not really about you and at the end of the day a doctor could have came to them and said you need to start lifting weights because of this reason or you know, hey, you you actually have arthritis and your bone structure is blank. And if you don't start lifting weights now, you're going to have to deal with that when you're 60. Right. They might be lifting weights. It have nothing to do with you. And the thing with social media is motherfuckers ain't posting the doctor's note. Nope. Motherfuckers ain't posting any motherfucking physical results. Everybody is posting what goes on social media. So if it's a, hey, look at me. I'm losing weight. I'm gaining muscle. I'm running miles or whatever. They're just posting the things that are difficult for them to accomplish or things they've been working on or whatever. And I think that's something we should either celebrate or ignore. I just don't see what internalizing it personally would be about. Um, and I think you. Yeah. And right. I think that's the point I'm trying to make uh, because I would never deny that we live in a fucked up fat phobic society. I talk about that shit all the time. It's, but that, But just because we live in that doesn't mean like everything must be based on that you know uh so i think that's the big part for me and uh you're right 
that these motherfuckers just hate people being fat and they also want to feel better than people that's it yes because it's- why are you mad someone got a gastric bypass why are you mad somebody did ozempic why are you mad somebody drank flat tummy tea or whatever the fuck that like why are you mad I've, I've seen people be mad at like hollywood celebs being like well they can afford to get a physical trainer and they can do this and it's like what but why is that making you angry yes yes and sometimes i think like you said they've internalized fears because not for everybody but for some people their quote-unquote biggest fear is being fat whatever fat is because it's one of those things where you might not even be fat but in your mind if you quote-unquote feel fat you're fat and so you know it's one of those things where you have people that are like real thin and they quote-unquote feel fat internally and so it's like you well, said, that would be that fat phobia. Yeah, that would be that societal that pressure. Yes. You know, but we don't know what the fuck people are going through Mm-mm. mentally, physically, any of this shit. And if, and once again, if somebody wants to celebrate that, I'm not knocking them. Yeah. I'm happy for them. I'm Me happy. Too. You're happy. Period. Cause I don't know what you went through. Mm-mm. I don't know. Muff- there are motherfuckers that have saved their lives from changing up stuff. There's motherfuckers where weight loss is just a side product right. of what they're doing. So it's like, I wanted to learn, I wanted to run 10Ks. They happen to lose weight. They go, oh, I lost weight and I'm running 10Ks. If you're if you're happy, I'm happy. And if you're also, if you don't want to do that shit and you're happy, I'm happy too. I don't know where the negativity has to come into but it's it's such a fucked up society we live in and i think that's why people are on guard about it that's why that's why i'm careful how i talk about shit because i'm like i know people are already getting riled up both sides either way you know i've seen what people have said about my body on the internet you know i've seen what happens when someone doesn't like me or disagrees i just don't necessarily share that with y'all but but i see that kind of shit so like um we never know what people are going through that, that's why i'll leave that agreed uh gina gay says that prepper lady is how is like how you gonna hate grand irresistible the bunker Wait. oh i guess outside the bunker you can't even get in oh talking about the bunker lady yeah, yeah. I, it's just i don't know the, i think it's a typo somewhere mm-hmm. and i don't know what it is how you gonna hate grand irresistible the bunker you can't even get in so i guess inside the bunker maybe mm-hmm. also the book how to keep how the house while drowning how to keep house while drowning has been very helpful in shaping how I view housework. It's a moral neutral, morally neutral thing. I do to rest and care for myself and do the best I can for my own ease and function. It's really good read, especially the audio version. So how to keep house while drowning. Thank you. Evie says Keith Lee seems like a stand up dude. And I think he did the right thing. I'm not posting the six reviews. He didn't think were, Oh, I'm not post. I'm not posting the six reviews he didn't think were constructive of the restaurant that got him sick because no matter how many times he says he doesn't want people to harass restaurants on social media, people are nuts, and they're going to harass the restaurants anyway. People right. are still clowning that restaurant in Atlanta. Yeah, and I think you know, despite what some uh, some people will say about that, he has to operate on the new reality that that is now what people do with his reviews. Yes, so he can't just be like, "Well, I got to keep it real," because y'all will also wait when he does that and blame him and be like why did you fuck this restaurant up you knew people were gonna harass them correct 
the main people posting positive negative posting negative videos about keith's visit to the bay are non-black people who don't live in the area he visit who don't see or don't care about the issues he discussed instead they twisted what he said as he called out the whole bay trash and honestly i think they did this to get cloud off his name because he's so popular they saw that as a way to get views i didn't see any of those videos but i imagine there's an entire tiktok uh ecosystem based off of keith lee yes so there's got to be some people that just hate on him for the views uh, and people forget that he goes to the restaurants that people have recommended and there have been a couple places that begged him to come and they didn't get stellar reviews and in turn attacked him from what i can see he's uplifting a lot of small businesses with his reviews and i hope he keeps doing this thing yeah yeah i saw that example too and i had a little bit of a back and forth with a friend over it and i i still to the conclusion like what the fuck do y'all want from this dude? Right. Because he seems to have learned from those things and no one wants to give an allowance for that. And when things, when it's the, the, when it's the first time that it happens, there's a good, there's an understanding I have for him that is like, well, you didn't know because you're kind of in the wild, wild west Mm -hmm. and you're building the bridge as you're crossing it. So now you do know, how do you react now that you know? So once, one of these people says, oh, Keith Lee, we love you. Thanks for coming out. And then later on our social media is like, he didn't like our shit. Fuck Keith Lee. Fuck everybody. He ain't shit. Then you're not allowed to take it personal. You're not allowed to go, well, you did ask me to come there and you did say you wanted my honest opinion and now you're shitting on me just because my honest opinion wasn't favorable. You're not allowed to do that. And especially with all those qualifiers he puts in every fucking thing because he's so concerned about assholes. So, yeah, I think people go hard on him for no reason. Um, I do, too. And my mm-hmm. thing is, not that funny, it's nothing but his personal opinion. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you either like it or you don't. And because he's so popular and people go, well, you're out here, I'm allowed to give you my opinion, which is a true statement. Mm-hmm. And he has to learn how to react and adjust to hundreds possibly million different fucking opinions y'all and it's one of those things whatever he does somebody somewhere ain't gonna like it just like whatever you do whatever decision you make in your normal everyday life somebody somewhere ain't gonna like that shit uh on youtube someone just says at the 36 minute mark a bunch of laughing emojis and uh i imagine it's the abc store part (laughs) And then uh, Aisha says, feelings aren't facts is great for merch. Maybe I'll put it on a shirt, you know. Um, And then the poll, should Keith Lee have published his reviews of Bay Area restaurants? Uh, 33% yes, 66% no. And um, on Spotify, it's closer. 44% yes, 56% no. So it's still pretty controversial, but I think more people are leaning no, and I think no is the right thing. Right, because like I said, as somebody who's a fan of his, no. You know, because like he, like he said, the, the thing is, his from my understanding, his purpose was to uplift and boost these restaurants. Like, that's the whole purpose. The purpose was not to tear them down. The purpose was not to have people attack. Like, that was, I, I personally think that was not his goal. So, you know, if, if he does something that he doesn't feel comfortable with putting it out, he is the one to, to determine that. I just I think his purpose was to give honest reviews of these restaurants and it turned into uplifting and helping people and stuff like that that do a good job, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he anticipated the punitive version, like the, 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 I, the I, downside I, of that at first. I can see that. And I think now after Atlanta, it's no way that he can't see the downside 
and I think he understands that um, there's a cost to it for his reputation and his brand when he does that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to just trash a whole area or you're going to you go and you have six bad experiences or whatever, you just can't put it out because it will just turn him into like this. It will turn him into like the monster that people are trying to say he is already. Right. Uh, then the Q and A is we are officially opting out of the ABC store debate. Uh, Keenan says random thought is the better is the banter segment. Just random thoughts rebranded. Can we go back? I like that song. Tell me what's on your mind. Um, no, we can't go back. No, it's our show. We do what we want. But we're, you're, you're, and if we do, it involving something else. We yeah. ebbs and flows. I'll, 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 yeah, it's not the same as random thoughts. Don't, don't try to stop, stop, stop trying <laughs> to get behind the scenes. Uh, Lisa says, <laughs> try, 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 trying to get into the into the uh, uh, production meeting room. Right. <laughs> Lisa says, ABC store debates should be people debating their favorite drink while drinking them. Alicia says that awkward moment at the beginning of ABC News store story had me dying laughing. I instantly vividly imagined me and my brother in that situation. I rewound it so many times. Uh, Yatunde says, Karen, ma'am, the way I cackled at ABC store, ma'am. Uh, Raphael <laughs> says, I. My mind was like, the fuck are you talking about, right? That's why I was so confused over here. Like, that don't make sense. <laughs> Raphael says I hereby start the petition for all a- GOP debates to be at ABC stores I'll watch it too anyway put it on t-shirt or something before I start a hustle with it Kisha says maybe you can be the official podcast sponsors of the ABC store debates I'll never be associated <laughs> with Republicans <laughs> Tiffany says I mean not unless, not unless the other ABC store now no now <laughs> Tiffany says wait the other ABC store what does that mean you said ABC debate. You said you never know, be the puck. I said, now nah, listen to the other ABC store, the liquor store. That's what they're saying. They're saying oh. maybe we could be the official podcast sponsors of the ABC store debates. Oh. They're responding to my comment. We officially are opting out of the ABC store debate. <laughs> oh, I, like I said, I don't know now. No. Now, if they send us It's the Republican alcohol. debate, so no. <laughs> I would not ever have anything to do with it, period. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if they did it in a whorehouse. Not, 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 no, not, not with the Republican debate. Just, well, that's just, the that's that's the that, that's the caveat. We didn't know. Yeah. No, no, we didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do this. I had to process that. No. <laughs> Tiffany says, "I'm in. Karen, take a shot every time motherfucker say cancel culture woke or Ron DeSantis makes that creepy incel grin. Ooh, your liver might not make it." <laughs> Roger says the ABC story should host the next Oscars. Hope nobody don't get slapped. Mucho Mama says most modern microwaves have a mute function to turn off the beep. Typically, it's holding zero for three seconds. YouTube University, you're welcome. Thank you. Mm. I just want everybody to know I was joking. That was a joke. <laughs> I don't actually need to have a silent microwave to eat my wife's leftovers. That was all jokes. <laughs> I sl- I'm a hard sleeper. I don't be hearing that shit. Uh, guess who says Black Republican? Well, it's not that. It's just that Karen is bougie and doesn't eat leftovers. <laughs> That's really what it is. I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know if she grew up in a house where they never had fucking leftovers. But you, to me, you eat leftovers because it's leftover food and you leave it to finish later. So she'll only eat leftovers if there's literally nothing else to eat in the house and nobody's going to order out, which is crazy. Um, guess who? Black Republicans could have a community if we treat each other. I guess guess who is Jason Whitlock because he keeps writing in these Republican talking points. <laughs> Like, I don't know why they're so focused. I, hey, shout out to the black Republicans that found a way to listen, though. Good, <laughs> shout out to you. Good for you. We're going to change you before you change us, you <laughs> bitch-ass niggas. Uh, black Republicans. 
Cause we ain't changing. You coon ass niggas. We, we. Oh, you want to have a battle with the wheels, bitch? You want to have a battle with the wheels? We can, I, we I down this Democratic you. plantation. Okay, I'll let Master Joe Biden whip my back and change my name to Toby before your ass do. You'll never win. Uh, You'll never take me away from Master Biden. Black Republicans could have a community if we treat each other as a community. It's okay to have differences, but to listen and see each other will can never come into fruition. Well, when you're a lot of your differences are uh rooted in like people's humanity, like gay people going to like going can't they got they can't get married and women can't have the right to 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 have an abortion and uh you know, trans people shouldn't exist. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not from America, blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of these differences ain't some, we could, if we could just learn to see past them, you, you're, you're literally choosing not to see past them. So, um, you're talking about people's rights, man. I don't know how y'all do it over there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's definitely not for me, you know, whatever y'all doing over there. Uh, it's just too, Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. Okay. Um, I don't know what's so hilarious. Oh, I know. You're a coon. Uh, but appreciate <laughs> you writing in, Jason Whitlock. We'll see you next week. Um, and then that's it for these episodes. Let's get into the voicemails. Um <laughs> All right, voicemail time. We got a couple new ones. Uh, start with Kiana for the first one. Hey, y'all. It's Kiana. So I'm listening to the feedback show, and y'all are talking about um, the issues with invading and like how like a lot of black men are heavy leaning into patriarchy. And I remember listening to um, I'm going to Jill Scott's podcast, and Asia from the singing group Kindred is on the show, and um, she was just saying how like. When we talk about submission, or like submission relationships, when we talk about submission, that's generally the way we talk about like submitting to God, whoever that God might be for you, right? And so in these conversations where men are so hyper fixated on submission, knowingly or maybe unknowingly, they're putting themselves in a position to like have to be treated like a God. But there's a whole lot of other stuff that comes up behind that. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of like stuff that comes up behind it. And the men having these conversations aren't necessarily equipped or willing to pull up all of that other stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> that comes along with like having someone who is fully submitted to you. And what she was saying is there, there's a lot of other things that are just more useful to your partner in a relationship. And she said it was a CERT is compassion, empathy, respect, and trust. And like all of those things are for, far more useful uh, than submission in a relationship to your partner, specifically like your male partner, but a lot of men would rather leave all that to the side for submission. I'm going to try to make this quick because I don't want to get cut off, but I think a lot of that is because a lot of like black men have unmet needs and they're leaning heavy into like the white patriarchy thinking it's going to get those needs met. It's never going to get those needs met because white patriarchy does not care about black men. And I think when y'all as, you know, as a whole 
are able to really grasp that, I think that maybe like the conversation can shift a little bit away from like submission to true partnership. Mm. So that's it. I uh, hope y'all have a great night. Love y'all. Bye. Mm. You were yeah. spitting. Yeah. And also it's one of those things where it's a lot more behind that. Basically submit to each other, but men only hear why I submit to your husband and they yada, 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 pass everything else kind of behind that phrase. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, in that quote unquote part, respect your spouse, honor your spouse, love your spouse, like, oh, your significant other is part of the part of that, you know, you okay over there? Uh, no, I realize I fucked up. Keep going. Okay, it's, it's no problem. I'm just, <laughs> Sorry, I, I skipped the episode by accident. It's my, my favorite episode of the week. MJ, we had MJ on. We're going to go back to it after this. Go oh, ahead. no problem. And that's a part of, you know, the process too. But like you say, they're trying to feel a whole with looking at white supremacy when they actually want, if they quote unquote want to feel that whole, look at your mate and work with each other to kind of help you get through whatever this is, you know, in that partnership setting. And, you know, sometimes people have a tendency to forget that because you have a lot of people that do that, do that, like don't matter that, and they don't respect their spouse. They treat their spouse like property. They treat their children like property. They're, they're terrible men. They don't want to be, be responsible because that's a, this is the thing, particularly with men that, quote, unquote, really, really harp on being ahead of the household, you know, type of thing in that mentality. Well, head of the household is more than I tell you what to fucking do. And a lot of men, that's it. That's what it means. You listen to me, bitch. I'm the head of the household. Well, head of the household means you step up, you're responsible, you're accountable, you take care of your kids, you know, and all all this other shit that actually uh, for a lot of, for a percentage of black men, they don't want to do, but they want to swing their dicks around like they head of the household. Well, if you're head of the household and you have children and you're no longer with that baby's mother, you need to be, quote, unquote, responsible man. And pay child support and help take care of the kids, even though y'all might not be together. You know, that's quote unquote part of manhood and growing up and being accountable and responsible too. You know, um, and there are men that do this, but there are percentage that don't. And those men affect the children and, and, and the generations after them and things like that. And, you know, it's one of those things where when you get down to the bottom of it, you know, I do agree with what she's saying. It's more to it than I I am just here as a quote-unquote placeholder to boss everybody around. It's a lot deeper than that. And also, if you want your spouse's significant other to respect you, there are things that you have to do. And you have to grow up, you know, uh, and, 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 and to fill those shoes. And that's not an easy task for anybody to do. But, you know, it, if these are your tradition and these are the things you believe in, you know, sometimes you have to grow a backbone uh, to do these things. And it's, and it's not it's hard to be an adult and it's hard to be accountable and responsible for other people. It's not an easy task. But the burden would not be so hard if you did it as a unit <laughs> because two is better than one at any day. And the thing is, also with partnerships. Sometimes I'm going to lead, sometimes you're going to lead, but they always think about it as them being the only leader versus sometimes allowing their spouse to lead and they follow too, which is also a part of that, you know, partnership thing. Um, I would say also that, um, it, you know, the men say the submission thing, like a wife, a woman should submit to her husband and, and and they they do all that with the Bible and and they try to couch it in like religiosity and all this stuff. And I think what can't really be avoided on that is 
that scripture also says something about how you should, you know, treat your wife as if she like, you know, how God treats supposedly treats the earth and whatnot, you know, like it's not just a, Hey, uh, (laughs) you can, you can just come here and, uh, I'm God and you just do what the fuck I tell you to do. It's like supposed to be a reciprocal thing where it's like, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love you and I'm going to treat you the way that I'm supposed to, as you know, God is supposed to, um, because that's the right thing to do. And so the way that God is supposed to have this, um, unmitigated love for, um, humanity and for his people and for the earth, you're supposed to have that for, um, your wife. So they're not even holding up their side of the bargain when it comes to this submission situation um, and saying like, well, this is what this is this is what it has to be about. You have to submit to your husband. They're just saying, do what the fuck I say, bitch. Like, it's no like there's no actual um, there's no action behind those words. Yeah, there's no actual like submission that's happening in a way that um, makes any level of fucking sense. So mm-hmm. I think uh, for a lot of people you know, they pick up on that and, mm-hmm. um, and it's not worth it to them, to a lot of women now to even get married, you know, yes. because a lot of the stuff that we're seeing from people is so biased and so fucked up that it's like, why would I even want to be with somebody like that? Um, so I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, but just in general, if you're not holding, if you believe in this patriarchal shit, you can't believe in it halfway. And if men were holding up their side of the patriarchal equation, which many black men are simply not able to because of racism, um, discrimination and whatnot, because it's never been for us. But if we were holding up our side of the equation, you would find a lot of women willing to submit to that. You know who submits to that all the time? White women. Why? Because America's racial privilege and all that shit hasn't has has kept enough white men not not a lot but it's kept enough white men in positions of authority and economic uh stability to their family to allow them to go i do believe in this bullshit yeah i'm gonna lose the right to have an abortion but i believe in this bullshit i'm gonna vote for this bullshit i'm gonna support my man in this bullshit because i feel like i'll be protected in this that's why you have white women that are much more conservative than other demographics of women because they feel protected by that patriarchy black women ain't never been protected by that patriarchy in mass ever in america and they never will be so you're asking women to believe in something you can't provide and that doesn't really exist for them anyway so of course you you're gonna end up in these fucking gender wars and these dumbass discussions because like who the fuck is dumb enough to fall for that shit now and 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 honestly black women while they add so much to life and they're beautiful and 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 strong and supportive and all the other adjectives that y'all say before y'all call them queen and all that shit i'm not saying those things aren't true but you know it normally is led by like you know followed up by some bullshit but the point being like while they are all those things they do not control america they do not control the forces and wills of power in america they cannot make you have 
whatever it is you think you need to have and coming home and pretending that you have it is the closest you're ever going to get to having it which is why you're like i insist that you believe in this bullshit because that's the only way for me to feel like you believe in me and i'm like that ain't really love that's fake anyway what like you need to come home and be submissive because the world won't submit to me and the way it submits the white men is if that's ever been a good thing for a society that the world bends over for white men we shouldn't even want that shit i don't know why we have not deprogrammed ourselves from that shit because real love and real happiness is in that equality it is in that you know that person that respects you that person that that is a partner with you that's real love to me and that's of course we're talking some very cis heteronormative right you know um i forget when it's just one relationship uh, but you know what i mean monogamous monogamous we're talking in those things but Mm -hmm. even in a partnership uh that even if it was 12 people you were dating the idea of equality and partnership is strong that's the, the thing that gets you through this power struggle this kindergarten bullshit or like the the man is in charge this men women eat salad men eat steak that bu- <laughs> that bullshit is just holding people back and it's sad to watch the hold that it still has on people who are fucking grown-ups mm-hmm. th- th- you're still talking about what women need to do and all that shit and and arguing over it and and submitting shit it's just it feels fucked up and stupid it's regressive and uh one more thing and then uh we can uh move on uh it's funny how and you were talking about how a lot of women particularly just across the board are opting straight women are opting not to get married anymore it's funny though because like and not all men but a lot of men have been through this uh when you get married a lot of you know boys and friends they always emphasize on how much you're losing how you can't get on these holes no more, whatever it is, how you losing your freedom, whatever it is. They they tell women they tell men how much they're losing. But they tell women, quote unquote, how much you're gaining. But that's not true. You know, uh in the reality, women lose a lot whenever they get married. They don't really talk about this. These are lies and stuff that your parents and great grandparents and shit went through that they don't really talk about it. You don't find out today older. A lot of women lose a lot of freedoms. A lot of women lose a lot of rights. A lot of women, uh, they basically have a, 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 and I'm not trying to be funny, I'm talking about straight relationships. And and every household is different. But for a lot of women, they've been through this. I've talked to enough of them, y'all. They basically have somebody that now they have to, quote, unquote, take care of as a child because they're not mature. Then they have children. Now I got to take care of my children and, quote, unquote, take care of you, too. You know, they 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 uh, are doing all of the housework, even though they've worked all day, just like you have. They have to come home. They got to cook. They got to clean. They got to rear the children. They got to do all these things. They're losing out on a lot of their lives. They 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 they're delaying a lot of their hopes and dreams and aspirations a lot of the times because you know society tells you to quote unquote put family first, put family first, put family first, put family first. But they don't ever tell men to put family first, put family first, put family first. You know, it's always. Uh, men can literally just do whatever the fuck they want to. And, you know, they always ask, you know, where's your mom? They never ask, where's your dad? You know, dads can go off and work 60 hours, 125 hours a week. Nobody asks him how is this impacting your household. You know, women work that hard. They always ask you how is that impacting your household. Well, also, that's part of patriarchy too, though. Correct. That's part of it too because then the idea becomes, and this is why it's stupid. Yes. Because the idea becomes like that is being a good father. 
you're willing to work 100 hours a week for your family, what a good man you must be. What a good dad you must be. Because the idea of like being around your kid, hanging out with them, doing the labor of the household, those are not manly things. So you could do those things. And it might make you a good partner at home and a good contribute to less stress in your house, blah, blah, blah. But that ain't how men are supposed to do it. Men are supposed to work hard as fuck out the house and sacrifice everything and come home disgruntled and all this shit. And um, I think also what I keep thinking emotionally is that black men that talk like that are looking to get something from black women that they can't get from the world, which is a submission, uh, a pliancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean appliance, but pliancy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking to get that. And it, I'm telling you, it won't replace anything. It won't matter. Because no, the world not. is still going to be worlding out there. And having somebody in the house that's delusional about it is not helpful. I've always thought what was beautiful about being with a black woman, about black women in general, and black people, is that there is a shared experience that adds to the partnership mm-hmm. there's an understanding of like i know what you're up against when you leave this house and i'm not saying that to denigrate anybody that's not in a uh a relationship with a black woman but just that to me that's one of the appealing things is like i ain't got to explain that i don't need you to believe me um and so i and i've just never been covetous of this idea of like you know I I need a woman that, that I can run like a kid or whatever. So I, I I don't, but yeah, I think a lot of those conversations are geared towards that and mm-hmm. they're not progressive mm-hmm. and they're fucked up. And um, there are people I'm sure that are living very patriarchal existences. Um, I'm not even saying that. I'm not really knocking that. Cause I still feel like if it's two consenting adults agree and y'all motherfuckers, listen, I'm a kept woman and he do this, that and the other. Fine. I don't right. give a fuck. Like it's just, when we start talking in generalities and giving advice and telling people what we need to do this and concentrating on that, you need to go to therapy and think, why do you need that? Why do you need a woman to submit to you? Right. What does that say about you? What is What does that, what does that say about the woman you would want to be with? Um, and, and why is that the problem? They ain't submitting. And what are you doing to hold up your end of the bargain? If some woman is willing to submit to you, quote unquote, is she submitting to you and you taking care of every fucking thing in the house? Or like, is that even like are you putting her first and foremost in all this shit or you just mean like don't get an attitude when you see me texting with some other bitch like what does submission mean for you in the first fucking place right and also it's just one of those things where you know because we're just talking in generality but also it's just one of those things that's why for a lot of people they go into marriage with all these things happening and they think something's weird or wrong or you're the weirdo when you go I like my mate I love my significant other I like spending time around them you know they're not a drain on me you know regardless of how your household structure is set up you know people look at you like you're the quote unquote weirdo if you're in this quote unquote happy marriage the one more thing too is when you talk about losing rights as women and how back in the day blah 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 well the difference really is that back in the day women gained rights when they gained a husband yes so a woman could not have a bank account a credit card could not own property couldn't drive so yeah so you had could you know couldn't vote so in order to be empowered they were forced to need a husband to be empowered as a human being in this world And so, of course, progress, society has changed. Women, even though they make less than men uh, on the dollar, 
still now they have the option of not being burdened with a man to have the rights that that will at least allow them to exist as a free human being to a certain extent and now the proposition of marriage is no longer about a well it's either this or die a 26 year old old maid right Right. so now you got women out here like why the fuck do i want to take care of another person why the fuck do i want to split bills why the fuck do i want to take on debt why the fuck do i want to deal with infidelity why the fuck do i want to deal with uh having a kid if i don't want to have a kid yet so you got a lot of people that's like yeah i'm good on that shit i don't and not to mention most importantly the financial realities of what we're going through with higher debt higher like higher cost on higher cost on buying houses higher renting charges people are now making decisions like people are now priced out of marriage you're priced out of a home you're priced out of that 2.5 kids in a picket fence so you got you got a lot of this stuff that we're talking about emotionally like it's a relationship issue but a lot of these men couldn't even afford to be in a relationship a lot of women couldn't don't want to take the risk of financially being in a relationship it's not leading to partnership like man we need this tax break it's leading to people going i need to be a little more choosy i can't afford a $40,000 wedding debt. I can't afford that. I can't afford uh, to get into a house with some motherfucker I might not like in six months. So you got people making completely different calculus. Uh, Read the book or not. I mean, if you want to read the book, poorly understood that is about poverty and the myths around it. There's a lot of stuff in there that is about like the marriage myth of, of if you get married and you have kids, you'll be out of debt. And it's like, no, you won't. And actually, it's getting harder to do that because of how much uh, society has changed. Um, all right. Uh, I've messed up. We need to get back to the last episode of the week. Get the fuck out of your own way. Well, we had MJ Harris on. Interview him for an hour. Amazing guest. Amazing fun time. Yes. Uh, Shoe Booty says, so much genuine wisdom from MJ Harris. Love this guest and this episode. Stop being a people pleaser. It's such a light bulb moment. I didn't even realize that I was like that for so long. I'm prior to prioritizing my wishes more and more each day and letting go of the guilt that came along with that mm-hmm. i've been through that baby ramsey d Jenkins says i'm listening and watching at work on thursday i love this episode wisdom laughter and blackness five stars hashtag telling stories hashtag advice hashtag wisdom hashtag funny thank you sim simma says mj was a great guest even at 5 a.m right so glad you were able to squeeze in gender war segment with him y'all are so great at engaging guests episode barely felt like an hour thank you it did it had a great time and says rod have you heard of noster n-o-s-t-r it's a non-corporate version of social media if you have it what do you think about it the vibes come different compared to the well-known platforms no nah, i haven't heard of it and i haven't mm-hmm. used it i'm sorry uh so i don't really have any thoughts on it mm-hmm. other than uh all the platforms are dope until people get on them that's just how it goes yep so like the more popular this once it gets popular that's when the assholes come same thing happened with uh clubhouse clubhouse was dope for a couple weeks or whatever however long then they open it up to everybody and I'm, i'm not trying to sound like an elitist i just think less people is easier to it's a more like the original social media more yes. in depth more honesty blah 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 once you once, open it yeah once it's open to everybody you get a certain type of influence or a certain type of person that comes there uh and you also end up with trolls there and stuff that weren't getting in at first because it was it was all like oh you got to know a person to get in it's just like anything else and no social media is ever going to defeat the problem which is people <laughs> right that's the problem people 
Evie says, great guests. I'll definitely check out MJ's book. That Gender Wars is one I've been seeing all over social media. I think it's wild to expect someone who hasn't already agreed to treat you to pay for your meal, especially in a large group. I've been in a situation where I went out in a group and everyone was ordering normally and one person ordered three drinks, two appetizers, and they didn't share and one of the most expensive items on the menu and dessert. When the check comes, she was the main person who wanted to split the bill evenly. We all got separate checks because the math wasn't math and because her bill alone was a couple hundred dollars and she didn't have it. Uh, she expected all of us to chip in and help her pay her bill. I don't remember what is that ended up happening, but I paid my own check and left. If people have nothing else, they will always have the audacity. Right. Damn, that's a nightmare story. I can't believe somebody tried that shit. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. Right. People exist like that? <laughs> Apparently they do. Like I said, I leave the house. I always got enough for me for sure me and whoever like me and karen i got us for mm-hmm. sure um sayada on twitter uh sayida says can't wait to get this book and my mom says i love him he is such a funny authentic person i enjoyed the show thank you mom uh and then let's check the uh interactions on um on uh spotify oh yeah okay so we got the poll first the poll was have you ever lived outside of the country you were born in? 33% yes, 67% no. That's still pretty high, I think. Yeah, most Americans, well, most Americans know, because most Americans don't even have passports to actually even leave outside of the country. Mm-hmm. Well, northern people that just live in America listen to us. So mm-hmm. it's, I thought that was pretty pretty cool. On Spotify, 24% yes, 75% no. Still majority no for both. And in the Q&A, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Ignacio says MJ is here in Bangkok welcome brother been here for 17 years and a fan of his wonderful podcast 12 plus years now shout out to Ryder Karen I'm keeping your numbers up here fam thank you oh thank you baby Aaron says oh my god I just had a dream where I had to write an argumentative paper on why I thought gender wars were pointless and I used y'all as a source well good for you Aaron mm-hmm. we, we appreciate your dreams okay we just trying to help <laughs> you you figure it out you write that dissertation of your dreams the dream dissertation um all right last segment emails emails Chrishell wrote in to say that most microwaves have a solid mode thank you jesse <laughs> wrote in and i made this to show art um but jesse says thank you illustrations hi rod and karen i've been a loyal listener to blackout tips for eight years now as an art- artist and illustrator i wanted to show my gratitude by creating emoji illustrations for both of you your podcast has been a source of comfort and inspiration for me during tough times. Karen, you often encourage people with talent to share their work with the world. Yes. And that's why I've been what I've been doing lately. I made a few versions in different formats. Hope you enjoy the illustrations. And um, I don't know why it's not on this email, but oh, Jesse, yeah, Jesse's website is 623productions.com um so thank you jesse Mm -hmm. and i'll see if i can pull up the illustrations for us to look at here uh i know they were in zip files but i i think i can show them to people okay all right so i think i can show them let me see if i can put it on my screen for everybody okay 
I thought these were so cool. Um, so that's Jesse's website. Uh, and uh, there's a drawing of, of Jesse. Oh. Um, and then uh, this is the art. Let me see if, it, if it'll come up. Uh, it just says copy file name. What? No, show me the damn picture. What? what? Okay, so all right, that's not going to work. All right, well, there's another way, I'm sure. Just give me a second, I'll pull it up. Um, <laughs> it's not cooperating with you. Yeah, this is just uh, the, the, the boom, boom. I think if I do it. Uh, Go another route. Yeah, I think. Um, let's see. Okay, so I put in a folder. Okay, all right. Let me see if it'll let me show y'all what's in a folder. I have Oh wait, I know what I do. Okay, I know. I'm sorry, guys. Are this you good? Right, good? I think I can live podcasting, y'all. I think I can share it this way. All right. Okay. Screen. Uh, boom. Photos. Boom. Okay, so that's Karen's emoji. <laughs> Says, "Oh no!" <laughs> like Macaulay Culkin, and there's different versions of it. And then mine is me going hmm with my glass going at any rate. So I'm very thoughtful and i do say stuff like that a lot so <laughs> i was thinking about adorable. that the other day i was like what would my catchphrases be um so yeah we can uh put these on some t-shirts i got permission from jesse is like can you might use his show art put it in our store and stuff like that people get them on mugs or whatever mm-hmm. and i know people love that oh no so <laughs> uh we'll definitely do that and thank you so much jesse very talented thank and, you um, yeah we appreciate you and it's 623productions.com you know look man we have a lot of talented people that listen to the show Mm -hmm. that spread love and um a lot of times the beats we get the arts the art that we get the all that type of stuff is straight from y'all so thank Mm -hmm. you thank you jeff wright said we'll love to hear you guys banter on this hi rod and karen as always love what you do just wonder what you think of this laughable piece that just popped up on yahoo um uh and it's how misconduct allegations against fannie willis could impact their prosecution of trump i haven't followed this that closely i know um i'm basically gonna listen to what sisters-in-law say about it and i think i'm a week behind on sisters-in-law but uh it might be sloppy but it doesn't seem like it's illegal or has any effect on the prosecution if she did indeed fuck this nigga and i've seen people say like this a fine ass dude blah blah blah. i would you know it's a bunch of like i let him fuck or whatever i'm like i that kind of don't have nothing to do with this but um unless it's gonna jeopardize the case against trump which i don't know that it's been proven that it would um i don't see what i mean maybe i'm missing something and there's just like another big thing out there that that i don't know about but it seems like one of the Republican defendants is kind of just throwing shit at the wall, hoping something sticks. Right. And it's just like, well, maybe uh, she was fucking this dude. Like, that's kind of the thing. Now, look, she did go to, like, she was in a church or something testifying or talking. And she was, I, I saw the video of her talking about it. And that was funny to me because she didn't say she didn't fuck this dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that shit was so funny because it was like she talked about everything, but she's like, and they are attacking people uh, who are qualified. And I was like, I mean, if you didn't 
they i mean wouldn't the easiest way to squash it just to be like hey we didn't smash we weren't romantically involved i don't know what the fuck y'all talking about but if you did and you don't want to lie on record right. and fuck up the you whole case do you want, i would just be out there like he's a good man savannah like <laughs> I, <would laughs> I also wouldn't fuck up the case by lying Me you know either so she described him as a superstar with impeccable credentials who served as a judge, private attorney, prosecutor, criminal defense lawyer, special attorney general, before implying that his allegations were, the Romans' allegations were fueled by racism. I'm just asking God, is it that some will never see a black man as qualified no matter his achievements? What more can one achieve? I appointed three special counsels, as is my right to do. Paid them all the same hourly rate. They only attacked one um so she said they're trying to create a conspiracy where none exists and i do think that's what's happening but um yeah i don't know if she fucked him or not i don't know what bearing that way even have on the case right uh personally i think this is usual sensational bs on trump's aides part keep doing the great things you two do it really means a lot our respect yeah like i said the only thing was when she ate that that target she didn't say she didn't wasn't romantically involved with that guy ever i was like oh <laughs> kind of was hoping she'd just come to the podium and be like i did not fuck that man y'all need to stop with these lies but she was like listen he's a good man okay y'all need to leave him alone i was like oh all right well shit stranger things have happened yes they have okay uh maybe you know maybe he's a good brother and and it's not that many good brothers out there i don't know you never know it is atlanta uh so let's say uh, hi Roddy, karen hope you both are well karen i love doing the smoothies too it's a little harder in the winter but i still try to get in like after a workout have you experimented with different protein powders have you ever done a full juice cleanse mm-hmm. i haven't yet but hearing you talk about doing the prep ahead of time makes me consider doing that just to be prepared no i haven't done a, a juice cleanse yet that's something that i've also kind of been you know thinking about you know kind of getting into and kind of getting more of that stuff in your system you know build your, build, boost your energy and all that type of stuff i made roderick uh one uh this morning i didn't make his as strong as i, I made mine i make mine because i like mine a little stronger quote-unquote like more apple cider vinegar and things like that but uh yeah i just want to get used to it and get things in my system and things like that but the prepping ahead of time actually saves a lot of time just freeze that shit and if you got a juicer but you don't have to juice you can just get you a real good uh uh blender and blend that shit up and uh i could take it strong i actually prefer a little more apple cider vinegar i wasn't gonna say nothing i just thought you was, you drink them weak okay okay but, i know, make it stronger next time i like a little hair on my chest sometimes i just drink a straight up shot of apple cider vinegar you know just uh, Ooh, just go, go, go karen go ahead go hard karen not sure if you know about the black girls run club black girls run an organization that two black women started to focus on health and movement and connection for us there are chapters all over in all levels of fitness i joined locally in 2013 when i was trying to get a personal goal of running a 5k the sisterhood and support has been great and fast forward to now i've done half marathons 10 milers and 10ks and more i wanted to say i appreciate this episode how you both really again broke down the stakes of the moment we're in I think what also may be impacting the feelings make it facts situation is how psychological health and perception of the history, the overt ways that what white supremacy is seeking to suppress true history is happening. And truth be told, it already happened for many of us. That's why some younger people seem so disconnected from the impact of the recent past, even 
if the elders in their family, even from the elders of their family, when I was going to school, textbooks gave that two paragraphs of slavery, the MLK, and that was it. It was my family and community that took over the education of what really happened, even telling some painful things. I was very blessed. I agree. Same here. Yeah, because a lot of people like me didn't go through that. And uh, not trying to be funny, sometimes it's very, it could be very frustrating interacting with black people that have, now nah, and, and, and they might not consider this a privilege, but they have the privilege of black folks around them. Like, ah, I'm going to tell you the truth. Read these goddamn books. That's a privilege <laughs> to kind of have somebody that's like, hey, dog, what we're not going to do is lose this history. Here books. Here's the truth. Let me tell you about these white folks. Let me tell you how fucked up it is. You're not going to walk out there blind. And, and like I said, maybe it's my internal insecurities, but it's one of those things where, you know, I feel like, well, I didn't have that. Is there something wrong with me? you know, for not having that, but it's, it's not different people are just raised differently, you know, and different people come to the understanding of these things at different points and different times in their lives. Like you realize these things exist, but it's not till you get much older that you realize the imp- I know for me, parts you realize the impact of things. And then you start going and reading about Tulsa, Oklahoma and reading about these other things and educating yourself and learning these things. And for a lot of black people like me, sometimes I feel cheated well, I felt like I wish I would have learned these things at an earlier age versus me coming upon these things as I got older. And also, yes, I have heard about the uh, black girl uh, run uh, thing. Uh, I haven't joined anything like that, but I have heard about it. Um, yeah, I, so I don't, I mean, one of the reasons you see black people react that way when they're talking about uh black people that don't know their history and seem like very much like we need to stop talking about these things. We need to stop teaching this stuff. One of the reasons you're seeing that is because they're reacting to people who are saying stuff like that. So it's not out of like, it's not happening in a bubble where it's just, they decided to be assholes. They walked out the house and said, you niggas don't know nothing about history. No, they, they, a lot of their experiences, them going, Hey, um, there's nothing wrong with our history. And you're telling everybody that making a movie about slavery is like a bad thing. Right. And so that's why you're getting those responses. It's not about making someone feel ashamed or I'm better than you or any of that shit. For a lot of folks, it's just simply, hey, um, you keep saying this is something that is not. And it's important that somebody be here to be like, yeah, but it's not that, you know. And so I think that's what we're I think that's where what's happening, um, but yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 but I, I do agree that there's like a level of privilege and stuff to it, because um, I feel very privileged in that way to to be able to say, hey, um, these are the things I learned, and uh, you know, and I'm appreciative of, of yeah, it. Yeah, and and also, uh, and even doing this podcast, kind of in real time, you guys have kind of seen me learn and grow from Roderick and educating myself and listening to podcasts black, about black history and things like that. And um, I had to get over my own internalized fear of feeling as a, as feeling inferior in my blackness. Like I had to get over mm-hmm. that. I had to get over the fact that nobody's judging me. Nobody's saying I'm a bad black person. Nobody's saying I'm less than my black experience is my black experience. However, that black experience may be is mine and I'm black and I'm here in America. So it is my black experience. Yeah. It's just a lot of it is like, 
I mean, not, and I'm not being a dick, but it's like, is this happening to you? Because there's times where, like, you would go on a rant or something. I'm like, no one did that to you. Right. Like, oh, y'all trying to make me feel bad because I'm not. It's like, no one's making you feel bad. My insecurities. No one said anything mm-hmm. to you. So, like, give me some examples. Name some names. Get, tell me where it happened. It's like, no, internally, white supremacy is so fucked up. We're yelling in our own heads going, it's other black people that did this to me. It's like, no, they didn't. Black people, even the ones that work in those areas, are some of the most understanding, if if not the only understanding people. Yes, when it comes to they the trauma, they want you of that, to learn. They but want when it comes, hold on, please. When it comes to the trauma of that history and understanding the psychological impact of learning, they're the, like some of the only motherfuckers who are like, no, it's not just facts on a sheet of paper. It's people. It's not just history. It's our family history. It's our generational history. It's our traumatic history. Like so, they when they touch these th- these things when they teach these things there's a finesse to them there's a concern there's a caring to them and that work should not be erased or just demagogued into like these niggas love trauma you know which i'm not saying you're doing right but which is the way a lot of this stuff is framed on social media is like this idea like these black people just love some trauma and it's like no that's not what's happening and it and shame on people for trying to promote that. Right. And also, you know, like I said, in my own personal security, I just felt stupid. And not trying to be funny, when people feel stupid, everybody don't respond really well to quote unquote feeling stupid, even if that's not what they're saying, but that's how you quote unquote perceive it. Feelings not facts. Correct. So, so you know, I, I had to work yeah. through those things. And you're not alone. There's a lot of people that feel that way. And the thing about feeling stupid is you can learn correct everybody starts at not knowing stuff and then you learn about the thing and then you know it so you know a lot of people get stuck in that cycle of like well i don't know it and i'm never gonna learn it's like well you but if you learn then you won't feel the shame of not learning yeah yes yes and also one of those things you have a good point you go the people that are in these fields the people that know these facts the people that have spent their life's work dedicated to these things like you say a lot of them are the most caring and concerned people because they go we don't want this to die we understand that you might not know we're not judging you we're not coming from a place of condemnation we're like hey it's okay it's all right we'll help you work through this because the more you know not very funny the better you can understand this internal rage that you have or situations like things that you've been kind of picking up since you were a child and for the first time sometimes like i'm older and i realize, oh i was not crazy i was not a lunatic i just didn't have the words nor could i understand these things i didn't understand that some of the things that happened when i was a child is repeating now and it's a reason why and a lot of that is educating myself and understanding those things that's why for some things now i'm kind of on the other side i'm very dogmatic about no people need to learn these things these things do exist it's okay if you don't know everybody starts from somewhere you know when it comes to these things you don't know what you don't know and that's all right um all right let's get to the rest of it she says i don't think that people made the connection of not wanting trauma porn to not necessarily being as psychologically healthy and not being able to know how to sort out politics policy civics etc Having a full experience and expression of emotion, including what is perceived as negative, is psychologically healthy. In my opinion, maturity and wisdom comes from being able to seek out and sit with uncomfortable facts and to synthesize with your own thoughts. In any case, appreciate you both. Take care, Celeste. Thank you, Celeste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the issues, too, is people think health is joy and happiness all the time. Yes, and, they do. Uh, that the complicated parts of life and the complicated parts of history 
if we just ignore them, then it's like they don't exist and they go away. And um, you see that a lot with black coaches that get asked about racism and they go, what about my white wife and my kids? And you're like, what? And I, and the reason they're saying that is because here's some joyous things that I experienced in my life. So is racism really something I should be concentrating on? It's like, you can't just run to joy to avoid what the fuck reality is, you know? Uh, but yeah, people do it all the time, but it don't change reality. Nope. John says, good morning, Rod and Karen. Just curious, has Joy Ann Reed always been like this? I've only been following her since she started at MSNBC maybe eight years ago, but my impression was that she was always pretty reasonable and much more on a Melissa Harris Perry than a Brianna Joy Gray. And yes, I could tell them all apart, just to cut you off from that joke. Ha ha ha. Reed has always had fair criticisms of Dems, which is fine, but it seemed like she's really leaning to the practice of letting people come on and say ridic- kind of ridiculous shit about the gyms and Garland in the past year or so. I guess the easy attention ratings and clicks are just too hard to resist. It's sad because for a while she was one of my faves on that network just stay safe, John. Uh, on the Native Land podcast, if you listen to um, Tiffany Cross, um, and she was a big advocate for Joy Reid and her Angela Ross said she a real one, blah, blah, blah. I hear what they saying, but here's the thing. They got rid of Tiffany Cross, supposedly, according to Tiffany, because she was a little bit too down for black people, and she called out racism a little too overtly, and she didn't give a fuck, and she stood on that and ended up losing her job, okay? Well, we know the, the we know that the management of MSNBC has changed hands. We know that the goals of MSNBC have become about trying to be a more centrist network, trying to be a little more kinder to conservatives. And uh, part of being kind to conservatives looks a lot like criticizing Democrats all the time, or even if it's unfair, and being like, these Democrats ain't shit either. Um, because conservatives will tune in for that. Well, supposedly i don't think they're gonna tune in because Mm-mm. they're getting fed so well at fox and oan why the fuck would they come eat diet coke at msnbc right you're catering towards an audience that's not there yeah so i think it's ultimately a fool's errand but because mm-hmm. they won't lean into their brand um but the point being like i think that's regardless of her being a stand-up down person blah blah end of the day I'm sure that the people that at that network are happy that she's criticizing those Democrats in those ways, because at the end of the day, that does make it seem like we're just a, we, we look, we just call them like we see them. Okay. We sometimes Republicans have good ideas. Sometimes Democrats have bad ideas and we don't, da, 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 you know, and it works too. I mean, it helps you go viral. Uh, it helps, you know, with, uh, with the brass and the offices that are like, this is our mission statement and joy. You're out there doing the Lord's work. You know, it's why Bill Maher has a fucking, you know, both sides every fucking week. And it goes viral every Saturday morning. Like there's something to being the people that antagonize the Democrats. Uh, cause the Democrats are like the moms that stay and raise the kids after the divorce. And it's like, bitch, everything your fault. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, daddy left us, but he went out, you know? And, and so, uh, JL Covans made that analogy many times on this podcast and it's so good. But, um, but yeah, so it's just that kind of thing that's happening, um and so i you know i personally don't watch msnbc and and cnn and shit like that i haven't watched cable news in a long time a long time um in, in anything more than just a like oh i i turned it to this for a second because it was on commercial for espn or something like i just i don't i don't know what the fuck they be talking about other than when you see a viral clip on social media and those clips all make me go that's why i don't watch that shit you know mm-hmm. i 
I, I don't really care about how it looks to people right now. Um, I don't think we can fuck around in 2024. Mm-hmm. I've said it a million times. I won't just say it, you know, a long thing right now, but just, I don't think we have room to, to quibble. And I'm sorry that the black media spaces aren't getting the money they, they deserve. And it's always been that way. And they do deserve that money. And if Democrats really want to do black outreach, they should be giving money early and often to these black spaces. Early. And, and so I absolutely do get that point. That being said, I wouldn't give a fuck if they gave not a dollar. I don't want Republicans at Trump in charge, period. And while that might not be good enough for some folks, it's fucking good enough for me. And me too. And uh, that's what the fuck we own over here. And if you're waiting for us to break and change our minds, it's not going to happen. It's, 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 so yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's that dire to me. And is that, pra- and I'm that pragmatic. Uh, like I just, you know, it's like, well, bad shit is happening too. Yeah. Bad shit always happens. Always. And it's going to keep happening. No matter who the fuck is in charge, you can't stop everything. You're not Superman. Um, but at the end of the day, I like less bad shit to happen. I like people in charge that would do less bad than than the people than someone being in charge of do worse. And the, the idea that that doesn't matter is fucking insanity to me. Right, you know. And also, it's a big picture versus small picture. Yes, there's wars. Yes, there's all these other things going on. And those things are important also. But if you want a lot of these things to change, you actually need somebody in the White House that you can hold accountable for these things versus somebody that's going to be like, well, fuck it. That's their problem. Or somebody's fucking going to throw gasoline on a fire. Like, that shit matters to me also. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode. We'll be back. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, until next time, I love you. I love you, too. Mwah. Mwah.